Good evening and welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast. So we're into our second teamless Tuesday uh, coming into week two of the uh, NRL. I'm your host Stuart Lord and tonight I'm joined by Mitch Brown who's our expert physio. Hey Mitch. Hey mate, that was an interesting week of footy. Sure was, sure was. Mitch has been plenty busy there with all the stuff going on. And Nick Lord, who is our stats guru and resident fantasy nugget. Hey, Nick. G'day, guys. How's it going? Good, good. And look, uh, just before we get cracking into it, uh, look, our socials were up and we've been everywhere at Boomer Bust NRL, guys. And we've we've crashed through from, uh, I guess, close to five what 400 last time we talked to we're up to 560 facebook likes 670 followers so thank you everyone who's uh checking out all the content that nick and i are generating uh and guys also thank you for joining all of the leagues now uh this week in my league stew's chaos mode uh congratulations uh to kiwi cookie uh damien c mate well done uh but Mitch and Nick, apparently there's a bit of controversy in your legs. What's happened? Yeah, we've got uh, trust in Gus uh, from Chris B, who's the leader in both of our legs. Chris Come on, mate. He's only meant to be part of one league. So currently our standing is is he's essentially ineligible for prizes or he needs to declare uh, whether he wants to beat up more on on me or nick basically that's it no ukrainian jelly beans for you mate so which is probably going to be the grand sum of the prizes uh yeah so nick who have we got as the uh leader in our overall league though overall uh lucan uh with 983 which is an absolute cracking oh. score um i'm sitting 211th out of 411 guys so i'm not too happy at the moment and um shout out i was going through the list uh ross k love your team name uncle nick's account it's you <laughs> they just got to perform well mate <laughs> uh mate they know their numbers let's put it like that that's good love it and look, thank you for everyone's team time to hit us up at the socials, uh, DMs, whatever else. So we love chatting footy uh, and talk a couple of you off some of uh, fantasy edges. So that's been great. Uh, and look, guys, we've got stuff coming up pretty pretty frequently uh, as stuff comes up. So uh, make sure to... I don't want to be one of those likes and subscribe guys, but look, if you, you don't have to, you just don't get to see it. So... Uh, Nick, we have some questions this week. What do we got? So we popped it on um, Instagram to send us in a question. So I'll do this every week, guys. So um, it's probably the easiest way just to, you know, if you have any uh, questions about your week. So we got Marcos MCC, whoever that guy is. Um, he said, besides Turbo, who was the most underwhelming player for round one? Um, Mitch, what have you got? Uh, I've got Lachlan Elias. That was in a team where Cody Walker didn't score very well. You'd think that one of the hardest to score points and 20 points was a bit disappointing. Uh, a close second would be Billy Smith, who um, I was getting pretty excited about. He came in with a measly five points. But I think Lachlan Elias is what we described as uh, one of the better potential cash cows of 2022, 20 points. You know, he's basically losing value there. He lost $2,000 $2, in value, so that wasn't great. Hugh, what do you got? Uh, look, I'll 
the underwhelming play, look, I won't choose injured guys for this because, look, Brandon Smith only scored two points, but he got injured, right? You can't help that. It's a contact sport. Like, you just, you can't have a go at people for that. And I, I think as a podcast, we're, gonna, we're not going to, anytime someone's injured and they're not an injury magnet of a player, we're not, we're not going to hold it against them or against anyone who's holding them in fantasy. So I'll ignore Brandon Smith and a couple of other guys who, like George Jennings, who've just, uh, yeah, just copped, you know, sort of reasonable scores, but then gone off. Uh, so, mate, the other guy I thought was pretty poor would be the Roosters halves. So, and we'll get to them a bit later on. But, uh, yeah, Luke Keary and Sam Walker, I would say, were pretty damn disappointing in that game. For me, it was uh, James Tedesco, but especially because he was my captain. So anyway, um, which links into the next question quite well from Smith underscore Bods. Uh, I think that's Bodie. Uh, he asked, should we swap to Tesco Tedesco for Pat or keep Tedesco? Um, personally, I've got both, so I can't really speak to this. Uh, Stu, have you got either of those guys? I've got them both, but my general rule is, like, unless they're injured, you don't swap keepers, right? Um, like if if Paps was worth 300k and scoring about the same or having a breakout year it might be different but because you could spend the cash elsewhere but you don't don't swap a keeper for another keeper it seems like a you're just setting fire to a trade Mitch? particularly when it's about 30k of value that you're really looking at on two players who can both crack a century they're both on two of the better teams in the league it's you're flipping a coin mm. aren't you really um and, and perhaps has the worst long-term injury history. I think I, I would stay with Tedesco. Um, the, the Roosters, and we're going to get to it later, but the Roosters are notorious slow starters. So uh, best of luck to whichever team's playing them this week because I think they're going to come out there with a fire lit under their bums. Yep. Sweet as. Uh, so we're saying keep both? Yeah. Uh, I think we Yeah. Have. If you have one, keep both keep him if you have the other keep him don't, don't burn a trade on it there are other trades i think you're more than likely going to have to make or or would need to make mm. okay guys we've got another couple of questions from andy flew he says that nick guy sounds cute is he single oh shucks geez i'm not i'm married happily married so i'm off the market uh, but his, his real question was who would you say was player of the round and why um uh mitch what have you got Hang on, mate. I have got Payne Haas. Payne Haas was my player of the round. Uh, look, as the actual player of the round, like the guy who who stood up the most, yeah, it's, it's tied for me between Payne Haas and Sean O'Sullivan because Sean O'Sullivan Ooh, really good st- pick. stood up for that team. And mm. like the Panthers played like... The Panthers worried me in the trials. They didn't play like the Panthers. They didn't have to show any strike, any um, any real structure. But the Panthers played exactly like the Panthers played in 2021, and they trashed. Well, we'll get to it. But Sh- Sean O'Sullivan was a huge part of that. I-, I tell you the other thing we saw, and this is just briefly when we were predicting how high the highest score would be. I can't see how Payne could have scored any more points. Like, he was doing absolutely everything for that Broncos team. I really do think that the various nerfs that they put in place this year are going to bring down the higher scoring. Like, 85 is a big bloody score this year a- as far as I'm points. concerned. That's the only way. It's like, if Payne scored a try or got a try assist or a line break. But, yes, he's doing that off base stats. You can't get more base stats than that, I don't think. No, that's that, That's basically what I was saying. That was he. There's no way he can keep that pace up for 26 rounds. We said that about Cleary last year, and look what he did. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, so on to so I've got um, Payne Haas as well. Uh, he was our recommended captain, but you know, um, you win some, you lose some. Um, the next question is from the Nidness underscore two one seven three. He says, "Is Elias wor- worth waiting out a couple more weeks?" Mitch, are you waiting him out? Yeah, I'll be waiting him out on a team where I don't think Cody Walker is going to take a lot of that general play role. I think at two hundred ninety eight k, he's worth worth waiting at least another week or two. There are other priorities higher up. And uh, with Schneider out with COVID, I, I almost have to keep him. So I, I would I would suggest, you know, don't panic. It's a new half combination. They're working things out. They're ambushed in Brisbane. Um, hold the line. You? Yes, yeah, same for me as far as that goes. Uh, 100%. Uh, if nothing else, all your other cheapy halves, Billy Walters is playing at 14 this week and Schneider's out with COVID so like who else are you playing right so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on your bench coverage the answer is that you, you friggin hold him he's playing we went week. from we went from so much cheapy potential to like three question marks like oh, overnight anyway yeah so look keep him I reckon Nick 100%, 100% wait him out definitely definitely worth it the upside could be you know a couple hundred grand um if he just hits a you know good month or so, um, and Cody Walker was just pathetic, so the assumption is that if he plays better, so will Elias as well. And on to uh, trust me, my physio with Mitch. Okay, so we got quite a few injuries this week. Uh, we'll mostly run through fairly quickly the ones that aren't super fantasy pertinent. So we're starting off with Sean Russell. He has a rib fracture and neuromothorax. So neuromothorax is uh, collapsing of the lung. It's currently listed as eight weeks. It's it's a serious injury and was season-ending for Drew Hutchinson. People remember that uh, nasty sort of knee to the rib cage from Dylan Brown last year, which sort of caused a bit of drama from Trent Robinson. Um, I would suspect he would be the eight weeks. It was sort of complications that kept Hutchinson out when he had some internal bleeding. At eight weeks, though, I would consider him a sell. He will come back and be pretty much the same dude once that injury is healed up. Next off the list, we've got Sean Johnson. So he's got a pec strain. That's four weeks out. Uh, I would be concerned about his ability to come back from that in that, you know, a pec strain. It's a nasty area to have any issues with as a rugby league player. It's a big muscle we use in tackling. I would say he's a sell for, as a physio point of view, particularly if you were silly enough to, to get him and roll the dice. I was surprised to open up the team list on Tuesday and see Nick had not got him in the end because I know he was thinking about rolling the, roll the dice on Sean Johnson. Oh, I think I was just a bit strapped for cash. So otherwise, I think I went Lovax instead of SJ over the end. Oh. So that was that was the heart sort of pick. Yeah, I, I, I might have died of laughter had I had I seen that. Uh, <laughs> Deleti Wateti Zalesniak, he's fractured his thumb. I was actually having a look at the uh, x-ray last night. It looks pretty nasty. He'll be out for four to six weeks. Generally, I would say NRL players will be more to that four-week side. He'll play with a brace on. He'll be able to play through it. Uh, if you're looking to pick him up after he's back, that'll be fine. But again, four weeks, he's probably a sell currently. Brandon Smith, fractured hand. Now, it didn't say where, but typically we'd see uh, scaphoid in this instance, which is one of the main um, load-bearing joints when we fall onto the outstretched hand. It'll be four weeks. Once again, he'll wear a brace of some description if it's not fully right. Um, And again, we'll be able to play through. No concern with regard to his ability to play once he returns. 
Really sad one here, guys. Christian Welch, who we've talked about a few times, is one of the real good guys in the NRL. He ruptured his Achilles. Uh, like uh, Jaden Braley, he'll probably be that six-month mark. He does have more of an injury history, so he may not make the return to the end of the season. If you do your math real quick, six months sort of gets us to the middle of September. Uh, maybe he makes the prelim final or final, but again... Um, it's not going to be super fantasy relevant at this point. The, the fantasy season sort of well and truly over. So he's a sell and a real shame for him. He's one of the better guys in the league. George Jennings, likewise, he's a sell. That's an ACL, nine months. Um, if you're wanting George, it'll be the 2023 season. Probably the most interesting one that we're looking at today is Josh Hodgson. So he's currently listed as cartilage damage. Now, they haven't sort of identified what type of tear that is. So it's difficult for me to give you too much guidance. But at this point, they're saying he's going to be two weeks. What that would mean is they're not considering surgery and they're looking for more of a conservative rehab. My sense is he will receive some sort of cortisone injection and likely they'll drain some of the fluid in the area. Uh, and then at that point, they're hoping he can sort of recondition and rebuild pretty quickly. It is a bit of a concern with Josh because he has had that previous ACL injury where I believe there was some meniscal uh, irritation and tearing that had gone on there. Uh, the question for us right now is, even if he does come back at two weeks, will he be the same Josh Hodgson? And at this point, particularly when we consider that I believe Tom Starling uh, plays better with Jack White, and it certainly appeared that way once once it occurred. Jack really enjoys sort of uh, having that line straightened up for his uh, running game. Is that if Josh Hodgson can't run as well as he he might normally, which I don't think will be the case, will Ricky bring him back in based on this cartilage issue? The other thing I would say is there is the potential that he sort of gets a week, week and a half down the track, and it's not looking great, and then they have to put him into surgery. And we know with Jamal Fogarty, that can range anywhere from sort of uh, 12 to 16 weeks so something to consider there if you're looking at Starling um, might be worth a risk uh, you, you might get two or three weeks and potentially Josh Hodgson might not even get the starting rollback Aaron Woods so he's a hamstring they haven't listed the grading classic grades for NRL players at a grade one we're looking at two to four weeks grade two we're looking at six to eight He's an older player, uh, therefore a higher risk of reoccurrence. I'd assume he'll either be the higher end, so we're looking at four or eight. So if you have Aaron uh, looking at a cell, hamstring injuries, I do not like picking players up after that. So if you're thinking about Aaron Woods, I would stay well, well clear. I was listening uh, to the radio, sorry, Mitch, and um, yeah, yeah. Aaron Woods jumped on and he said it was a grab. It's just a okay. grab. So, so what does that mean, in, that, mean that, to you? That would indicate more a hamstring strain as opposed to a tear. And at that point, we're looking at one to two weeks, probably two with him. Uh, but again, even a grab gives me the heebies. I don't like all the players getting grabs in their hamstring. Um, if you're looking at Aaron, I would say he's a high injurist. But if you're a St. George fan and it was more a grab, I would think strain over tear. And at that point, possibly two weeks. So he'll miss this week and, and most likely be back for the following week. Uh, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, did anyone sort of find anything on him? It was listed as an ankle injury and that was sort of he all rolled, I could uh, find. Ankle roll, really, from like he was walking down the sheds. He actually played on it the whole game. So it can't right. be that bad. It's not since... I, I, I would say then uh, classic lateral ligament sprain. Uh, I'm surprised in that situation he's not playing this week. If that's the case and he was able to play through it, most likely we'll be back next he, week. He's listed, so... Yep. Oh, beautiful. There you go. So it's one of those things that 
NRL boys can play on fairly high grading so that there. Now the next one's the most interesting one for me I reckon uh, Mitch and for a lot of fantasy coaches. Yep. So Moses Leota um, nasty one guys fractured glenoid. It's a really rare injury and in fact in my time as a physio I've only ever seen one. Um, It requires six weeks in a sling and then at least three to four weeks of reconditioning because you're imagining he's sitting in that sling he can do very very mild exercises but the man's going to lose a bit of bulk. I know he's a big guy, but he's going to have a one one big arm, one smaller. Um, as a result of returning lighter, he will see a bit of a drop in performance, and he'll probably come in off the bench the first two to three weeks. He could even potentially be out for a bit longer. There are some complications that can occur with a fractured glenoid, uh, that being a traumatic frozen shoulder, which can take a bit of bit more time um that can range anywhere from sort of six to 12 weeks and even up to six months at an nrl level i i would suspect they'll be able to avoid that but i have seen it occur um but things do happen so for moses leota i would say at least 10 weeks possibly 12 and looking for him to be coming off the bench uh and not the same guy so um the incumbent uh spencer Lino is probably going to get a bit of time on the field Billy Smith, concussion, he's listed this week. Wouldn't worry about him. And then Viliama uh, Valea is MCL, and he's going to be three to four weeks with that one. I just chucked him in at the end there, Mitch. I know, because I own him. Bit of a shame. <laughs> All right. I, uh, I, I didn't bother putting him in because I... I didn't think he was fantasy relevant no, enough I, to have there, but that's fine. No, look, he's yeah, quite a few people, I think, had him in as... Well, because he's a starting centre, 240K, so... Yeah, sort of people's third or fourth. Didn't, didn't we tell people not to get him? I'm pretty sure we did. Oh, I I, th- I just I ran a game because he's in emergency, so I'm not I'm not crying my eyes out over here. But it also brings in um a couple of guys into the Warriors team, which we'll get into in a little bit. But first, before we get to this week's team list, guys, let's chat about the week that was. So thanks thanks for the injuries, Mitch. And I guess we'll go through the games and we'll probably pick up a couple of those. So uh, where Moses Leota got his injuries in the Panthers versus the Seagulls, which on Thursday. So uh, we all had Manly to win. Uh, you know, Whoops. And then, uh, of course, the Panthers won 28-6. Very, very convincing. Probably the most convincing game of the week, I'll be honest. Oh, easily. Without question. So, like, as in, yeah, like, no, no one walked away from this game feeling that one side was robbering with a chance. So, uh, look, Panthers are back. So, look, uh, how about we kick us off? Uh, Nick, do you want to take us through your impressions of the game and fantasy thoughts? Oh, uh, my, my first thing is a boom for Dylan Edwards, 59. He just looks so fast. Um, and, you know, we did a sheesh stat on him. He ran 344 metres and... He just really picked up his, his speed again, I noticed, um, particularly when he was playing on that broken foot at the back end of last season. The other ones are Zaya Yo with 72, absolute stud. And Liam Martin, guys, who uh, from our preseason, we thought he just missed too many tackles to be fantasy relevant this year. He punched out a 66. Yeah. So he was an absolute weapon in 80 minutes. That's it. And look, I think, like I don't know about you guys, I think part of the reason why Dylan Edwards got so many running meters was because uh, Cherry Evans was basically having a kick from his own 40 or behind every set. <laughs> so Dylan Edwards got 25 metres per return. Yeah, the Panthers pack just mauled Manly. Um, and they, they couldn't build any pressure Manly, so they were on the back foot the whole game, weren't they? They got slapped, um, which was a little bit of a surprise. But look, obviously they came out with a uh, point to prove after the trials. Um, awesome. Mitch, your thoughts? That was... 
that kind of leads in nicely to, to my to my point, which was uh, I really thought that Penrith board pack looked solid. In fact, solid is an understatement. They manhandled the manly uh, forwards. They just dominated uh, field of position. And as you guys said, that's exactly why Edward scored so well. Um, just some questions for the panel here. Was it that you thought that Manly was bad or do you think Penrith is just going to keep rolling with this massive forward pack in the absence of Nathan Cleary? Like, do you think this forward pack could be a season-defining sort of element of the Penrith Panthers' play? Yeah. Look, I'm thinking about... Look, I think that Penrith doesn't necessarily have one of the biggest forward packs. I think I think if you stack them side by side, I think Manly's, Manly's forwards were bigger... I think that, however, that I think the fitness of the Penrith side showed. So, like, towards the end of both halves, uh, Manly started to flag. So I think the conditioning is better and the, with a little bit less size and a little bit more uh, cardio, which which seems to matter. So Volandi's ball isn't entirely dead. I would it, also- is, it isn't dead, but did you all... And this is another question. How much better was the game with some of those rule changes? It was nice to see... I mean, this was probably the biggest blow of the week, but it was nice to see all 16 teams compete. Like, no one wants to see the 40-point droppings that we all predicted last week either. That was... Mm, great call. That was that was really good. Like, I'm hoping to see that style of game every week. I watched every game uh, with Emma, and we really enjoyed it because every game, maybe with the exception of a couple... The teams were in it the whole time. It's just good footy. You weren't seeing, you know, Melbourne roll the Tigers by 60 points. No one wants to see that. That's just not fun at all. No. And even in this game, it was still close enough for the most part. The tries that were scored, they were just good tries. It wasn't... Yeah. It it wasn't just because one team was getting rolled over. And then the other question, I'll throw this one to Nick, that I was sort of thinking out loud as I'm watching it. Is Targo the new Burton in that left centre position in that... Do we feel like the left centre in the Penrith team is just a spot where if you're in that position, there's not much you have to do to score points? Or do we feel like uh, it was just a one-off for Targo and he won't be able to replicate that sort of game-after-game dominance that we saw from Burton? I don't think you could just chuck anyone in that spot. Uh, they definitely got to know the Panther system, which Targo does, is he's come through it, obviously. Um, I was Last week, I couldn't really think of a comparison for Targo and his play style, but, you know, I really think a Ewan Aitken sort of style, sort of uh, fast, low, strong, um, low, you know, can, can get under sort of people rather than, you know, trying to gas near in and away and palm people off. Um, he just looked really strong and, and a very different type of player to Burton, I thought, and yet he still thrives, so... I don't see why he couldn't, he like not posting 60s, obviously, but 40s, I don't see why he couldn't continue to produce such uh, that type of form. Uh, Stu? Yeah, look, his base stats, uh, Targo comes into one of mine. So look, Tar- Targo looked very good. His base stats were good as well. It wasn't one of those guys who's all attacking stats. Uh, and yeah, he reminded me a little bit of a Brian Toto as a center, really, like very similar body shape and size that I saw. Um, well muscled and like he burrowed his way under for one of those tries he copped a Olaquado knee to the head basically oh I did see that yeah but look he did it he got in there and he got up and he played on and he he cut Turbo in half on one tackle that was awesome it was it's not often you see Turbo Tom spill spill the ball so look I think he's good but also on that edge so you've got Luai 
and he's either playing on the inside to kick out and he's got Toto out wide for the wide ball, right? As a defender, especially if you're, you know, maybe four on three, how do you defend that? Satago, of course, he's going to have plenty of opportunities because everyone's like, oh, crap, who are you marking up on? you got Kikau running at your half. you got Toro on the wing, and then you just got Targo going, ha, yeah. I mean, that, that's it. It's, it's just the kind of structure and the way that left side sort of functions. And, you know, hopefully Edwards can also contribute to that a bit more um, than Luai sort of doing everything, so to speak, and add another wrinkle to that attack. 100%. And the good news is is that Penrith have worked out this year that it's always good to have two sides to an attack. So this year they put a little bit more work in on the right-hand side. So Steve Crichton, 57. So he got a couple, he got a try out that, that side as well and a whole bunch of uh, base stats to complement his attacking stats, which was really good to see. And so him and Charlie Staines out there, they actually bombed two tries uh, out that way as well, like just passes that didn't quite go to hand. So it could have it could have been worse along with those two disallowed tries early. Hmm. Anyway, uh, yeah, and uh, sorry for Brian Toto who got a twenty five because his uh, what forty points try got disallowed. <laughs> I I, th- yeah. I think because he had like five tackle breaks and then two additional tackle breaks from the same people trying to re-tackle him. Yeah, there was a few obstruction calls over the week weekend you know it's just sort of made you scratch your head a little bit if uh it actually made any difference but you know they're just trying to make something that's gray black and white and anyway that's true. and which yeah and we'll come to that like, like uh the other one that came to mind was that play the ball penalties came back this weekend too apparently yeah been coaching school in the off season mm. uh so look guys yeah look i'm very high on targo and Crichton. uh everyone got a good run uh, I had Lenu as a trap, but now he's the starting forward. So as we get to Teamless Tuesday, so he's probably not a trap anymore. You lucked into that one. And we talked about Sean O'Sullivan. Uh, he played he played the clear role in the team, and he did it well. And he topped, he topped the team this week for 76 points. Uh, so, guys, uh, let's flip to the other side there. Nick, lead us away, Seagulls. Fantasy, what um, happened there? Yeah, uh, there's heaps happening, but um, the sort of things I noticed was Olaquatu really stood up in a beaten pack, uh, but he only registered 32. He had six missed tackles, so he really could have uh, registered something in the mid-40s if he just didn't try and put on so many hits. Um, DC's kicking game, he scored a 63. He put in 550 kick meters, guys, which is, I think, the highest of the round um, because he was on the back foot the whole time. And Gerbo, 56 in 80 minutes uh, with 56 tackles. So... Um, you know, they ran at him all day and he turned up. Um, yeah, that, that's sort of my main takeaway to you. Uh, yeah, look, uh, yeah, t- Turbo uh, didn't quite leave second gear. It looks like uh, it looks like the uh, Penrith sorted him out. They were very vocal about where he was and making sure that he, he couldn't get any space either through the ruck or on the edges. So, guys, I guess... Does this mean the end for Turbo Tom, or is it just that Penrith are a very good defensive team? Mitch, what do you reckon? My, my thoughts on it were watching it. It's something that I've been mulling over since the first round of the finals, isn't I know we all watched it together, I believe, is that Turbo has not had the same impact uh, since that Melbourne Seagulls game when Melbourne really just shut him out of the game. It was the sort of game I thought that the Eagles could really contend if he got going. And then since then, I mean, he's come up about some, against some he- pretty heavy opposition, but he hasn't been the same player. And the real takeaway is, I would say, two things. Number one, my feeling is that uh, Melbourne has laid a bit of a blueprint to shut Turbo down. 
uh, and that top teams with top defenses are going to be able to execute it. Now, I think we'll continue to see Turbo dominate those lesser teams. So particularly when Manly get to a softer schedule, I'd be looking to jump on him because I think he'll still cut them to shreds. But as soon as that Manly um, uh, sort of lineup or uh, rather the teams they're playing comes back in, I'd be getting right out of him because it really looks like um, all they're doing is take out Turbo and we've got this and it, it worked. Manly just didn't seem to have anything outside of what he can give them out the backfield. So it'll be quite interesting to see, to see how it unfolds. But my sense is that that thing with Manly where they can't beat four teams, that's just going to top four teams rather, that's just going to be exacerbated. Mm-hmm. Now, fair enough. Uh, look, the uh, the other thing that I had there, like obviously DC, but Bullimore. Uh, did any of you guys have Bullimore, Nick? Yeah, buddy. Mitch? Yep, sure yeah. did, mate. Yeah, look, we all got on there because the DPP at that price point is nice. So 48 points. And yes, he jagged the only try and got a few run meters of that. But even if he didn't, a 40 would have been nice. So yeah, 48 points. And that really kickstarts his price rise. So um Look, uh, Bullimore is a guy who would say he's not essential to get on because uh, Schuster is due back at some point, but he'll nice he'll be nice to get on. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Mitch, did you have anything else? Uh, no, mate. That they were really my only thoughts because I thought what's happening with Turbo has such an impact on this Manly team that if you don't have a good sense of what's happening there and how it's going to affect it. It sort of flows onto everyone, maybe with the exception of DCE. So um, for Manly, it's what are they going to do with Turbo? They're going to have to work out ways to sort of insert him differently and find a way around that Melbourne first week of final blueprint because his last four games since then haven't been great. Or his last three. True. I think I think Josh Schuster may help that because uh, Olakwatu is a great second uh second rower but he's he's very much just on the on the run and big big side where it's just he's got a real nice set of hands to him as well so he can he can do a bit of playmaking on an edge which is uh which is hard to defend against so hopefully when they he gets back they might add another dimension uh which leads me uh leads me to say maybe uh don't get him bullet more because Schuster will get that roll back for sure 100%. Uh, if you missed him, I think you might have just missed him. Yeah, that's true. The train has departed. Uh, next up, uh, Friday night game, the early game, Raiders versus Sharks. Uh, game which seesawed a bit on this one. It was a very even match. Uh, a bit scrappy, like first rounds are. You're kind of a bit disappointed, but that's all right. Uh, so we had the Sharks all the win and of course the Raiders won 24-19 so uh, to keep off our predictions geez I'm glad I didn't enter the fantasy comp this year <laughs> at work I would have looked like a flog I've got a podcast and I can't predict a friggin win uh, so Mitch take us away what did you think about this game uh, first off I thought that winning the first sandwich bet of the year was pretty darn tasty so um, I never said was it overall I thought it was overall no, it was round one. We said... Was it? We, yep. Yep. Oh, I'll take back a, and listen. I'll go back and listening. Yeah, you can go back and listen. I'll, I'll take a chicken, lettuce, and mayo sandwich, mate. So <laughs> you, you can send that through by uh, Uber Eats whenever you like. Hail Australia Post it to you, mate. 
doesn't matter. It'll taste just as good. Um, my major thought was uh, I thought the Raiders' attack was quite clunky, uh, which was to be expected given that Schneider had sort of been inserted late. The other thing I thought, and this sort of leads me um, to what I was saying earlier with the Hodgson injuries, I thought Jack White looked way better once Tom Starling was in the um, hooker role. And it's something, guys, that should be harped on a bit more is uh, Starling was the hooker when White went on his uh, Dallium march. So I, I really just wonder if Starling, I, I can't do it in my own team this week, but if Starling were worth getting on sort of mid to long term, like at what point is Ricky going to clue in that if he wants to play White at 5'8", Starling needs to be the hooker. I, I keep saying Hodgson's a very lateral um hooker whereas Starling really likes to get that line going forward and going straight and allows White to run that direct sort of line of attack it'll be really interesting to see if he finally catches on to that and puts White in a position to succeed because White looked like 2020 White for at least 50 minutes of that game hmm. so is White a buy in your book he White is not a buy in my book um but I enjoyed watching him play interesting uh Nick your thoughts my boy, Hudson Young, 58 points. I just thought he was absolutely everywhere. And for the match-winning try, like I've watched the play like three or four times. What he does, he gets the ball, I think, from... I can't remember who he received the ball from. Sure. Oh, it's from Whiten. So Whiten gives it yep. to him. He then shapes for the wraparound to Whiten. So he's looking at the back, but he goes short ball into Tomoko, right? And then he then backs it up through... Um, the inside and scores the match winning try. So I was just super impressed with Hudson Young. I did not think he had that in him. I just thought it was like a, you know, barnstorming edge or lock or just an absolute athlete. But to see that sort of footy um, that he displayed, I was super impressed. Uh, the only problem is he's about 700k. So that's my um, big takeaway from that, uh, from the from the Raiders side of things. Yep. And as for me, look, obviously the Hodgson injury scored a two. I'm guessing more probably for draft players. I don't think too many people in classic had him there. Uh, and of course, I feel like that a lot of people will actually get burned as we did last year with the Starling play. Everyone thought, oh, Starling will get the role. Starling's a better player. Starling this, Starling that. And then he ended up, you know, Hodgson comes back in. Ricky likes him. So, you know. Yeah, you're quite right. I, I just don't understand it though. I cannot understand it. Oh, look... Uh, not sure, but um, it's also possible because uh, Starling, if you rely on him, he has a tendency to uh, get in trouble with the police. So, you know, can you start a hooker be a person who's constantly before the courts uh, for whatever reason? Be like having a lock who, you know, had two years of um, litigation against him. Yeah. So anyway, but um, mo- moving on. Uh, look, uh, Charles Nickel Klockstad, he played well, but not amazing. Just base stats magnet. He did look good, though. Like, he, he I don't think that Savage is going to take that role straight off his back. Uh, who, who else have we got? Uh, Corey Harry Naira scored 53 in 57 minutes. He looked really good, actually. That's a good point. He, did. he only missed, like, a tackle or two as well, which is usually his um, downfall. Yeah, he was dynamic in attack as well. He he was a real point of difference for the Raiders team. I felt. Yeah, well, he got he got a try a try assist, a line break assist, which I'm guessing goes with the try assist. Two tackle breaks, 
three offloads to hand, um, two turnover tackles, right? He didn't run for many meters. He only ran for 60 meters and got a couple of errors. But like all in all, he, he did a bunch of work. And in 57 minutes for 53 points, that's huge for an edge back row. Um, whereas like you got Hudson Young, got 58 and 80. So mm. interesting there. Um, I would also say that, look, Young, Young 58 and 80 was good. Bit of rocks and diamonds from them both at particular times. Uh, look, Schneider, I would also say this week would be a must-have if you don't have him, but he's got COVID. But, mate, if he gets the call next week to still play, get him back in. He can kick a goal and he can kick it well. And he played really well. He's, I reckon he's future NRL quality. Like, it's only 80 minutes, but he'll look future NRL quality. 100%. Awesome. Sharks. Uh, Nick, what do you think of the Sharkies this week, mate? No. Uh... Nico Hines, he, he looked solid, uh, but didn't sort of blow me off the park. Um, the other thing was Braley with uh, 60. He looked quite nice, I thought. Um, so they, those are two guys that sort of stand out for me on the shark side of, the, of things. Yeah, that's true, though. I, I would say that his, that trick play where he got that try, uh, like it was excellent, but it was also, I think, 14 points in there. So it does bring him back down if he didn't get it, but he got it. So a hooker who can score a try, that's worth a bit. Um, Mitch. Uh, yep. Uh, yeah, uh, same similar takeaways with Nick, uh, for Nick with Hines. I thought he looked pretty good, particularly given the huge lack of ball in the Raiders half early on. Uh, I thought the Sharks attack looked better than I expected, particularly once again, they got a bit of possession. Their back line seemed like they could do a bit of damage. And as you predicted, Stu, and I know it's something you said, I did think that Fitzgibbons had a really good influence on their uh, tackling and defense. They sort of had a bit of Roosters-esque style starch to that defensive line. And the other point was I thought Andrew Fafita looked really good. Um, he has continued to hold the 17 spot. It'll be interesting to see if he can keep that up. But he brought a real energy to the field. And certainly when he came off the bench, there was a, a real punch up the middle of that field. And, you know, there are a few heated moments. But he, he brought that Fafita vibe that we sort of uh, are used to. So I thought he looked um, much, much better than I predicted anyway. Mm, 27 points, 25 minutes. That's a, a pretty good run, right? Yeah, it's a great PPM. Hmm. Uh, look, I would, um, I'd also say like at this point that, yeah, Hines did look really good, like in a team that, um, I don't think they had a tackle in the opposition 20 for the first 43 minutes or something like that. Like it was an enormous length of time before the Sharks really got going. So look, I, I think that Hines for 53 was probably the best of the keeper halves, uh, sorry, uh, keeper wing fullbacks this week. Um, and, uh, look, Fanukin. Interesting, fifty-six, which is something where we're not used to him at Melbourne. In didn't see that at all. Yeah. So just uh, here we go, forty-five tackles. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, hold on, here we go. Wow. Forty-five tackles, one turnover tackle, ninety-two meters, one uh, one penalty conceded. That's it. No missed that, tackles. That- that's workmanlike, isn't it, really? Yeah, Oof. it's a captain's knock, that's for sure. 100%. So, look, Fanukin, I'm not saying buy him because I don't think he can. But, you know, if he's on the waiver list in your draft league, go for it. Uh, and just keep an eye on it. He might, If he keeps it up, 56 is a real score. Uh, look, for Fida, I've got... Uh, look, their back line. 
this was the big one for, for me is that look Ramian Militalo and Katala they all had shockers of a game like not just for fantasy but like I think if they play better Sharks would have won this game they they did not play uh, well. Sharks should have won this game yeah they, they kind of gave it away with some boneheaded moves here um, shout out to Will Kennedy who looked good but he only got 24 points but did look decent uh, I'd also say there's no urgent bias in this team at all so I don't look at the Sharks team and go I do any of you want to own any Sharks apart from Hines no that's that's why I don't yeah I'm not even your boy Moylan Mitch I actually thought he had a few good minutes in there, but there are there were some serious rocks in there as well. Mm. Yeah, I, he I looked healthier. At some point. He looked healthier than he had in a long time. Mm. Mm. I, I want Ramian at some point, but not at five fifty k, which he is this week. True. Teague well, he's going to drop in value after that fifteen point uh, effort <laughs> he had on Friday. Oh, I, I will say, look, Teague Wilton, right? Did look good. Sixty eight points, one try, thirty two tackles, hundred four meters gained, but. Um, look, I, I can you see unless Wade Graham goes down with like a long, long, long term injury, I don't think you can own Teague Wilton at five hundred nineteen k. Uh, so let's move on. Broncos versus Souths. So we had uh, the Rabbits. I had the Rabbits by twelve. Nick had the Rabbits by sixteen. Mitch put the difference. Rabbits by fourteen. So of course the Broncos won eleven to four. Uh, so guys, uh, Nick, what, this game for you, Broncos. How they go? Um, they did well for me because I actually put um, the Raiders and Broncos in a multi despite tipping against them. <laughs> God, I was annoyed with you when I saw that. <laughs> so, so is that, that, that going to pay for my sandwich? Yeah, that, that paid like eight to one or something like that if you got on it. So congrats to those who did. Um, oh, it is going to pay for it. From a fantasy point of view, uh, paid Haas, absolute stud. And whilst we recommended him uh, as our captain choice of the week, uh, I didn't, um, so big regrets. But, um, you know, I spent all that time making the graphic. I had plenty of opportunity to pick him as my captain. I didn't summon Nob. Anyway, uh, the other thing, Selwyn Cobbo, he was he was bloody awesome, I thought, um, with 34. Uh, 176 metres gained, and he was just everywhere, and he missed six tackles. So um, some huge upside there. Um you know, if he gets more opportunity and, you know, sort of learns the game a bit more, he's just a tantalizing prospect. Um, Stu? Uh, yeah, look, I definitely, Selwyn Cobbo look, did look amazing. I'm actually just looking up right now whether he's eligible for New South Wales or Queensland because I reckon he's a future origin player. He's from uh, Sherberg. I think he's a Queenslander. Yeah, he is. That's gross. Central Queensland. He's from um, where Chris Sandow is from, I think. There you go. So the um, he pro- probably grew up watching the fight. <laughs> anyway, uh, look. Uh, so look, he's a future Origin player. I can sell in Cobo, and yeah, there's only upside for him. I reckon. Uh, look, Kelly and Walters uh, both pushed their sp- spots really for uh, for the team. But look, Kelly's got the spot. Uh, teamless Tuesday this week. Walters is on the bench as the utility. Uh, sorry, Corey Pay. Uh, look, Stags and Herbie Farnsworth did have issues that wide. So 20 points for Stags, Herbie with 18. So look, um, they're both worth keeping an eye on because they will start dropping serious coins starting next week. And look, I had this, I wrote this before, Teamless Tuesday, Turpin with the 57. Does he beat Corey Pay? 
The answer is yes. Uh, Turpin's in this week and only Billy Walters on the bench. So, Mitch, how are you feeling about the Corey Pay hold? Did you hold him? Yep. You... <laughs> What's the plan, mate? Uh, I think I sold him. Hang on. Uh, think... Just let me confirm that. I, I, I'm a bit upset. Man. Look, look, I've been pretty dejected the last couple of days with everything that's happened in my fantasy week, and that didn't help. Uh, yeah, I've sold him. I've, I've moved him on. I got uh, I got uh, Josh, Josh King. King, which which I copped a bit of flack over social media for having both Josh and Max King, and I kept Max King, and screw you all because both of those would have paid off. So oh, in your um, starting team, only because of like massive injuries, which we'll get to. But we, well, you know what? I my spidey senses were tingling, and I didn't listen spidey to them. And I listened senses. to you, Nuggets, and and you know you always trust your spidey senses. That's it. Oh, you're right. Unless, unless it's to do with Billy Smith, then they're wrong. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. too good. Oh, mate, I'm so sorry that you missed Josh King on this scoring 39 points on your starting forward, mate. Better, better than having Corey Pay, who, who doesn't play a week and then gets friggin' dropped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's in, the, he's in the 21, I guess. Anyway. Oh, shit. No. That's so, one burnt trade. I, there'll be more. <laughs> okay, look, and I'll kick, us, I'll kick us off so we don't take too long with this. South's, look, Arrow. Jai Arrow, I know Nick has him. The rest of us don't. 64. He's the real deal. He started out wide. He played in the middle. He played long minutes. He's got an elite level motor and he proved at 64. And he scored like none of them are exceptional stats in there. So I reckon he can keep that up. If you've got cap space, Christian Welsh money, I call it, right? Or maybe even some Brandon Smith money. He's not a bad choice. Uh, Cookie. He looked okay, 54. If you spent money on him, you're hoping for more than 54. But look, 54 on a team which was looked pretty atrocious is pretty good. Cam Murray, we were right on that, boys. Like especially Mitch on the injury, undercooked, 46. Might be the only thing that people should listen to me on. I've been right about all of that stuff, but everything else, boy, oh boy. If yeah, fortunately, hey, hey. fortunately, you're not a professional gambler, mate. You're a professional physio, so it should be all right. Yeah, that's working out all right. <laughs> uh, excellent. So, look, uh, Cam Murray, uh, Walker, uh, Cody Walker, 24. Guys, Guys he, does not, he does not look in an NRL shape. I, I, I want to call it, I think they made the wrong decision by moving on Reynolds and keeping Walker. I would have kept Reynolds. I think Walker just plays well under Wayne Bennett, and now Wayne Bennett's gone. Cody's not the same Ooh, man. Hot take. I like that. Hmm. Uh, 6.6% of the league owns him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I think 6.6% uh, of the people, I know a few people are hitting me up in the DMs thinking that maybe you'd go ham early. Uh, like he'd own the kicking and own the attacking stats and the roost. He, he was the sort of player that they just, those people just didn't understand the history of the Rabbitohs, which is Cody Walker didn't become Cody Walker till Wayne Bennett came on the scene. And now Wayne Bennett's gone. Cody Walker's not Cody Walker. It's like Darius Boyd. Darius Boyd without Wayne Bennett. It's like Batman without, without Robin. Not good. Hmm. Doesn't work. No one watches the Robin show. We want to see Batman and Robin. It's like he's like Luke Skywalker without Yoda. Wouldn't he be like Batman without Alfred? Because you know, yeah, <laughs> no, the, the old the old white fella. He's, I mean, no, hang on a minute. Have you seen Wayne Bennett dance? He's hundred percent Batman. He's not over the hill yet. He's no Alfred. He's Batman. <laughs> he's Batman. What are you going on? Okay, he's Batman. Fair enough. Makes sense. Okay, look, Jackson Puller, guys, forty points. Uh, missed his only kick, so it's just forty points base stats, and the only try. I think. How did we get him wrong? No. 
Excellent. Moving on. Uh, Nick, what did you think? Uh, yeah, uh, not really much to add. I've already um, had my spiel. Mitch? Uh, real quick, uh, Elias, worth a wait and see at that price point, particularly given what we saw from Walker. Someone has to step up and do the ball play duties. So I'd wait two or three weeks just for this new pairing to find their feet. And if, if Elias doesn't move and there's a better alternative, then we'll uh, look to move on. Look, speaking of uh, teams which didn't really gel, so obviously Roosters versus Knights, Saturday, 3 p.m. at the SCG. So look, we had the Roosters to win by at least 24, right? Uh, and of course, what was the score on that one? Knights, uh, first win in Sydney in a decade, first win at the SCG, I think, ever. Right. The, the Boomer Busters were at 0 and 4 at this point. I was not feeling good. That's um, it. I was standing over the edge of my balcony, and Emma was trying to stop me jumping off. It wasn't good, mate. I, I've I've seen your balcony, the the high grass and the place next door, mate. You'd be fine. So <laughs> plenty of stuff to fall on. <laughs> They've never made that, mate. Anyway, uh, so uh, Mitch, take us away. So, what 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 did you see in the Roosters there? Uh, the the biggest thing was the half pairing. They just the whole. In fact, I'll take it back. The whole Roosters attack looked discombobulated, and it really started with the halves of uh, Walker and Kiri. They really just looked like they hadn't played together. Now, I'm not sure what they were doing in the off season, but it certainly felt like they hadn't done as many reps as they might have liked. It's not unusual for the Roosters, though, and I've been saying it to you guys a lot and certainly a lot of people who've been um, quite concerned with it is the Roosters have been slightly out of the blocks. And the year they won the premiership, they lost the first two out of three. So I would say sooner or later, um, players of the class of Kiri and Walker and the back line of Tedesco and Tupo and Manu and the lot and that forward pack, they are going to click. Um, so I would stay calm and hold the line. I actually am not confident that they will click this week, but it is going to happen. Uh, if you don't have any of those players, wait, because the price will drop. And if you do, just hang in there. Um, this Roosters team is too good to fail. Uh, I, I know John, one of the players in our fantasy leagues, sort of compared them to the 2020 Broncos. They are not the 2020 Broncos. This is a serious unit. Uh, and they've just got too much talent. They're, they're going to get it together, but... Uh, I was really, I, I, I would like to see, and I said this at the time, the problem I thought was that Kiri was in the wrong spot. He is not a halfback. Put Sam Walker into halfback, Trent. Let Kiri be one of the best five eights outside um, players. Let him feed uh, Joey Mano and James Tedesco. Let him give tries to Billy Smith so I can be right about that. And let Walker do the halfback role. That's all I'll say. Mm. Nick, any, th- any more thoughts on that from you? That's a tough act to follow. Um, I just thought Teddy, he looked good. But, um, yeah, Roosters, rusty, lethargic. Um, and I think maybe they thought the Knights might be a bit of easy beats and didn't take them as seriously. Maybe had an eye on the next couple of weeks because so they got the Sea Eagles this week and the Rabbitohs the week after. So, potentially, they thought this might just be, you know, roll out the dinner suit and hopefully uh, get the get the chocolates. Um, that's sort of all I've got, Stu. Yeah, look, uh, I I thought that things might have been different if they got their try early, got their team rolling, but it got disallowed uh, due to the fact that uh, the bunker thought that uh, David Clemmer was obstructed when he was trying to chase down James Tedesco. That was bull. That was bullshit. Wow. Emma said it really well when we watched it. It was like, what chance did that heifer have of stopping Tupac? No chance. Like, what where, joke. Ah, oh, jeez, I just... 
I understand why it's black and white, but every now and then a bit of discretion. Like, Tupo's a bloody leopard. Like, how is that rhino stopping him? Like, just, oh, God. That's true. The turbo got ankle tapped a couple of times in the first game. So you never know. We, we, we did. We, well, hang on. We, we, in the league. We did see Jamal Fogarty get run down by uh, Josh Papali'i <laughs> last year. That's true. So I guess, I guess, look, rules are, but you're right. It wasn't great. Um, look, I also had Angus Crichton, 47. He was good in a bad team. He was competing to the end. He had blood on the face, whatever else. But he was he was at least trying. And part of his low score was he did pick up a few negatives from just trying to, trying to make something happen. Like, I think he got pushed over the edge at one point and a couple of other things because he was just trying to make anything happen in that team. Uh, Kiri, I've got Chuck a star on. Just keep an eye on him. We'll get to that a bit later. Walker didn't impress, but, you know, that's probably a harvest pairing issue. But, look, let's get on to the other side of the sheet. Uh, sorry, off- sorry, just just quickly, just quickly, Connor Watson, guys, uh, we just skipped over him. Uh, he's got another three or four weeks, doesn't he, at hooker with Verrills, or is Verrills back this week? Uh, Verrills is not back this week. He is definitely not back this week. Probably two more weeks. Connor Watson uh, with the 51 for the top scorer for the Roosters this week. So definitely one to keep an eye on, I think. Um, but 652K. So, um, yeah, he, he definitely got through a whole bunch of work. 53 tackles, only missed one. So I think um, definitely an interesting option. Um, hold him if, you, if you've already got him. Um, if you've got cheese, maybe Connor Watson might be a way to go. Oh, I would I would struggle to recommend Connor Watson to people just do the the limited time because when then he goes back on that bench and he's trying to take minutes off who like 15 20 minutes off uh, Victor Radley right mm-hmm. and and 10 15 minutes of Ferrells I, I think this week he did great but I, I reckon once his time's up 653k can you really do that yeah, well, I guess just see what his role is when Verrills gets back. Mm. Maybe Verrills comes off the bench. Who knows? That's true. Well, look, it, Trent, Trent Robinson hasn't shown a big liking to Sam Verrills for whatever reason. I wouldn't be surprised if Watson got the starting role. Uh, it could be. Well, I'll put you this way: Verrills, uh, they're definitely not keeping him next year because uh, that's Brandon's what I mean. Joining. So, I, you know, if you want to go to a casino, I don't think Nick's necessarily wrong. I think it's an interesting take. That's I true. won't be doing it, but I don't disagree with it. Fair enough. Uh, so, look, let, let's flip to the night side of the roster. Uh, look, Gagai, top scored uh, for this one, 78. Uh, got a try. Did but, anyone see that coming? Like, seriously? No. Uh, look, Gagai's a good player. So, we know that he's got a lot of points in him. But, yeah, he, he did get gifted a try in this one. Off a kick. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, but look, he he also um, he also just put a number on Billy Smith. So that's the other thing about Billy Smith. He came up against Dane Gagai, who's an Origin level centre, right? On his first game back, like four games in four years. Good luck, mate. Now you got Dane Gagai. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, look, Fitzgibbon seventy after rolling his ankle before he came on, and for Frizzell sixty seven. Both look good. Apologies, Fitzgibbon. You know, maybe you're employed for more than who your father-in-law is. Yeah, uh, he killed it. He killed it. He was so good. I, I reckon he's been listening to this podcast. <laughs> and he, he thought, I'm going to get up Stuart Lord. 
and he did. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Look, an- another guy who's not on our two in the moon list, but probably should be Chris Randall, fifty nine points in six. Everyone's already on him. Everyone's, Everyone's already, already on him. him. But I'm saying, if you're not, if for some reason you're like, oh, I've, but I've what's got the percentage couple- ownership? I'm gonna have a quick look. Hang on. 41. Uh, 41. What, what are the other 59% of fantasy? Is, is 59% of fantasy doing auto-select? Oh, God. I think yeah. 59% of fantasy is probably like, you know, people's mums and housemates and whatever else to make up leagues. So, yeah, if you're not a Chris Randall and you listen to the podcast, the first trade you should be doing is getting Chris Randall in 59.63 minutes, guaranteed starting hooker unless he dies. Yeah, shout out to those who um, didn't like him so much. Yeah. Nuggets. <laughs> uh, man, looked all right. Uh, 45 points. Hole on him. Don't get upset. He had an HIA in there. And then what about there was... that hit on uh, JWH? That was sick. Mate, he is a... He, geez, his tackling technique is good. I think Locke is the position for him. That's the best he's looked uh, in all the years I've been watching him play at Melbourne, St. George, and now Newcastle. He he's really I think found a home at lock. Yeah, he he looks good with ball in hand, and I think in the other ones he struggled to get consistent ball. So in this mm. one, it looks like he got his hands in a lot, and he's quick enough to be able to step around the big boys. Uh, and just what I would call poke the nose through, which means is that mm. now the next hit up is hitting a flat defence. They're not rushing up, so that adds a lot of punch to that team. I recommend will get plenty of minutes. Mm. Uh, uh, look, don't Ponga got a fifty. That's the last one for me. I want to get super excited, but then again, he didn't score a million uh, attacking points either. Oh, so. oh, I'm going to jump on the defense of Ponga. He looked awesome. I'm not sure what game you were watching. He, no, no, I, I'm just saying. he was he was punching through the line like, and he was doing some of the kicking. I. I uh, he, think we were wrong on Ponga. Though. That's what he's saying. Yeah. yeah. He was, I, I think he's super spicy at the moment. I really do. Oh, look, compared to some of the If you were looking to get off Teddy and you said I was going to get Ponga, um, I wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't I don't hate, hate that, that either. Yeah. Ponga, Ponga looks back to 2020 form. I thought he was undercooked last year and I made a big point of it in the, the Knights podcast. He looked beefy he looked fast he was poking speaking of poking his nose every time he got the ball he poked his nose through in fact there was one bit there where he uh threw a little pop-up ball to oh gee put it down it was real ugly it would have been a try um i couldn't i couldn't tell you who but he looked awesome um i, I think he's going to be really good now nah, we'll keep really going mitch uh so, so you got that there what else have you got that that was really it, mate. My I think you covered all the other stuff. The main point for me was Ponga. Uh, I think he uh, I think we I might have underestimated him a little bit. He he really is the heart and soul of this Knights team, though. If if he's not rolling or he's not happy, they're not the same team. Hmm. So next year they're in real trouble when he leaves uh, leaves to join another team. Yeah, I feel bad for those Newcastle fans who've put all their all their eggs in that basket. Yeah, uh, Nick. Uh, Clifford, we were big on him preseason, especially through the trials. He absolutely killed it with the 63. He bagged a try um, through the middle there. Absolute gun. Uh, the other one, Dominic Young, uh, we hear he's very quick. He is actually very quick, we found out on this uh, week. And he was pretty decent in defense too. He saved a try as well. Um, 404K is a DPP, a very tempting option, though his job security isn't so great. So that's all I got. Easy. And look... Let's move on uh, to, I think, the one game we got right this weekend, Warriors versus Dragons. So we had the Dragons by 14, by 8, and by 8. 
Uh, so I think I came closest for this one. Dragons by 14 because they actually won by 12, 28 to 16. Uh, so, Mitch, thoughts on the Dragons without taking 17 hours? I, I'm going to need a bit of time with this one because I love it when the Dragons start with a win. They're notorious losers in the first game of the year. Um, Jack DeBellin looked back to pre-suspension fitness. He certainly looked a bit leaner. Uh, his step looked great. He was punching through the line. It was yet to reflect in fantasy, but he is one of the bigger chucker star players of the week. Um, Amon, as we predicted, not having as many points as expected. Hunt really seemed to take care of a lot of the playmaking duties. Again, I think if the Dragons were to get hot, maybe you could pick him up. As I've made the sort of comparison before, he's a poor man's Benji Marshall. So, you know, if you want to roll the dice there, sure. But I'll be sticking clear just for a little bit. If, like me, you had Hunt... Stay calm. He could have easily had 50 points. He had two boneheaded uh, areas. He had a couple of silly missed tackles, and he had a couple of a try denied and a try assist denied. It would have easily been over 50. He looked the goods, and uh, when he was rolling and hitting the line, um, I thought the Dragons looked really, really good. So um, they're kind of the main thoughts for me. Probably the other one was... Uh, Sloan looks like uh, as the season goes on, he's going to become more and more damaging. But again, he's not a pickup at this point. He's just a chuck a star and, and see if he starts to get, get a bit hot. Mm. Nick, any more thoughts from you? Nah, just the right edge with Lomax and Ravalawa. They looked on fire, in my opinion. Um, and the, the, just to expand on uh, Jack DeBellin as well, when he went off, Dragons just didn't look good. So... I dare say Jack will be getting some more minutes. He played, I'm just finding it now, 51 minutes. So yeah, he um, needs- once he once he cranks it up to 60, 65 minutes, I think the Dragons will go even better again. Stu, what do you have? Nick, yeah, just sorry. sorry to just to interject, when he was playing really well in that twenty uh would have been twenty eighteen season, is that right? Twenty eighteen? Yep. Was he playing eighty minute games that year or was it still sort of mid sixties, high seventy? Uh, mid sixties still, yeah. Yeah, that's where he needs to be. They're a different team with him on the field. Hmm. Yeah, he said. Anyway, sorry, over to you, Stu. No, good. Uh, look, yeah, no, Sloan, Sloan did look good. Amon, look, I wouldn't say he's a panic sell, guys. Uh, the Dragons, like, this game was a real sloppy game. Like, uh, there were a lot of points scored, but there's so much spilt ball, which means there were not a lot of end of set plays or decent time for Amon to get good ball. So, his chance for attacking stats, attacking kits kicks uh, line raids he just didn't get as many because the dragons didn't complete very well uh, neither did the warriors which is why they lost but makes it even worse uh, Andrew McCullough basically if you had him guys 18 points 48 minutes no that's, one saw that coming eh yeah that's a real worry like you know what the bigger worry is is Moses Zembai looked better at the hooker roll. That's the bigger he worry. Right? Yeah, he looked very dynamic, didn't he? He he. he uh, okay, talking about Jack DeBellin going off and the team uh, dropping, which I 100% agree. I think that's the best take of the the whole game. Is that the attack then sort of picked up as soon as Zembai came on into that hooker mm. roll? He was really mm. good. Well, that's why I think um, Kalo didn't come back on was because Zembai uh, was just playing real well. So yeah, he that, killed it. Yeah, Embar Embar was an absolute star. I thought. And if you're willing to go to the casino, he might be worth a dice in a week or two if he can secure a starting spot. Interesting. As the and the, it, 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 it just makes the dragons a little bit, bit a little bit light on up the middle. So I don't think they'll do it. 
Yeah, and look, there's also Sullivan who could also come back to look at that hooker role as well. He played a bit of that last mm. year. So the I similar guess, players, aren't they? Yeah. So look, just look at it. Could be an anomaly for Andrew McCullough, but 18 is a concern either for fantasy or for draft if you picked him up. Yeah, you got to sell out of that, right? <laughs> well, look, either that or you you know that you're going to hold him because he will drop so much cash next week. So he, mm. his break even's enormous. Um. Okay, so look, let's move to the other side of the scale. Let's move back up to the Warriors. Now, look, Vilea, who I'm on and you guys were not, got seven, unfortunately. He was um, <laughs> oh, he was marking up on a real tough side out there. So, and Barry got 28. So, he does look good. He's got beautiful tackle technique. So, but Vilea is out with the MCL for four weeks. So, he's a solid sell. Aitken and Katoa, 56 points and 59 so on the edges there, that's a great edge pairing to own. They passed uh, the eye test as well, didn't they? Yep. I've got them both now. Now, 100%. The only worry about Katoa is that he was playing well outside of SJ. And, of course, SJ is out for four weeks. So... Ooh, that hurts. Yeah, so that's why I'm, I'm reconsidering Katoa, right? Whereas Aitken, like, he just, he just doesn't pass the ball. So the ball goes out the way he takes it and he runs. <laughs> and I, he not has, gonna lie, I, chuck, I chuckled every single time he did that. <laughs> you know, poor, poor Rocco Berry. Just... <laughs> He's only getting you know defensive what? stats. It's why thing. I didn't get Rocco Berry. That's exactly why I didn't get him. Right <laughs> yeah, me too. I was like... Every build I had him in, I'd sit there and go, I just can't. It doesn't make sense to have Aiken and Berry, so I had to get rid of Berry. <laughs> That's true, because Aiken's so quality, like, as far as he's just ball hogginess. So, <laughs> I, I wonder is there, if there's I a stat for somewhere. On the plus side, Aiken, a very interesting thing here for his 56 points, 40 tackles, four tackle breaks. Wow. One missed tackle, one offload. 104 meters. So look, it's a stable. Yeah, he's he played 80 minutes and he played it like a second row and not like a center filling in. So that's that's really good to see. Um, apart from that, uh, Aiden Fanua Blake for like I'm I'm trying to keep the fantasy relevancy with this one. Uh, 47. So he got about as big a minutes as you could expect because Lodge wasn't there this week, etc. etc. 47. Bit of a scrappy game. So. Nothing to worry about, but I'm not sure I'm seeing the upside of voting Adam Fanua Blake. Uh, Josh Curran, however, as much as we poo-pooed him in the early season, he then cracks out a big score. So, Oops. yeah, that was a bit ugly. Did you guys see that one coming? No, not but he looked really good. <laughs> Mate, I, I got him in draft and I was like, oh, it's sick, <laughs> 72. <laughs> That's right. So, 72, didn't even play the whole game. Uh, he's good. Look, obviously, there's the one worry when Tohu comes back. But if he's scoring free on 72 a game, who cares when Tohu comes back? He'll he'll learn the cash to upgrade straight to Tohu. He's most of the way there. Um, Nick, any thoughts? More thoughts on the Warriors? Uh, not. Nah, that's pretty much it. Uh, SJ looked good. Uh, 504 kick me, but he's injured. So, you know, um, see how Reese Walsh goes, I guess. Mm. Mitch? Uh... No, that, that's it. I've got nothing to add on that one. Excellent. We didn't have any notes, so I didn't think you did. Uh, <laughs> uh, look, let's move to the evening game. Uh, this one was a bit sad around due to the number of injuries in this one. Uh, we did get this one right, though. Uh, the Storm. 
So Nick got this one correct, Storm by 10, because Storm won 2616. So one to one to me and one to Nick. Uh, so, uh, Mitch, how did you think about the Tigers? I only wrote one sentence down here. Tigers doing Tiger things. Uh, they, 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 they were totally in control of that game and they, they let it slip. I just, you know, I, I don't have any major fantasy thoughts because all I can think of is, oh, how, they, they could have won that. What are you doing? Like, it's just such a Tigers game. Um, that, that's it. That's all I have to say. Tigers doing Tiger things. <laughs> Nick? Yeah, I mean, uh, the people that stood out to me weren't fantasy relevant. So Kem Amalo with two tries and 36 fantasy points is a bit disappointing. And then Jackson Hastings, who looked very dynamic in my opinion, only posted a 22. So um, their fantasy relevancy didn't really translate. You know, going through Luke Brooks with 57 and Tyrone Petrie with 57, I didn't really notice them nearly as much as um, the two players I just mentioned. So... Stu, what are your takes? Yeah, look, Brooks did look decent with that 57. That kick for Mamalo in the air, that was pinpoint. So, but, but I felt Mamalo made that rather than Brooks's oh, kick. But, but, do you know what I mean? Brooks, Brooks put it on the line, so all Mamalo had to do is grab it and put it down. Previous years, Brooks would have kicked that and it was going over the sideline. Or, <laughs> 100%. <laughs> or two shorts, so the other guy gets it and intercepts and runs 40 metres, you know, and passes off to someone to score or something. Mm. This time it was in a competing spot, and Mamalo, he's a, he's a tri-magnet. He just likes scoring. Yeah, um, he just doesn't convert to fantasy, really. No, shame, unfortunately. Um, but actually, just one thing while I remember about it, about halves, because I think about Luke Brooks... Um, mm. Clifford, I did want to mention that for the Knights while I'm thinking about it. Geez, it looked like Andrew Johns had an effect on that frigging team, especially for Clifford. Like, did you not? Yeah, that's that? a good point. Yes, I did. I did. He, uh, Jake Clifford particularly. Yep, spot on. Yeah. Really but good point. I, I, said, I said earlier that we picked him and none of us actually took him, oh, even though I'm we loved so him in the trials. I'm seriously trying to work out how to get him without selling Angus Crichton. And I'm not going to sell Angus Crichton, but, you know. Anyway, moving on. Uh, sell Toby Sexton, mate. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, so, look, Mamala was, was excellent. Uh, I, I do know that if I sell Sexton for him, they're basically a very similar player. Whichever one I choose is going to be the worst. Uh, do it, Stu. You made <laughs> so, the wrong choice, my man. Maybe. Uh, you look, chose poorly. The next one is, like, Peachy, if you had him, I don't think too many people did, but 57 points in 56 minutes. Jeez, Louise. So you're laughing if you have him, but he's probably too expensive to get in your team now. Mm. Uh, Tuolagi. He's from Melbourne, actually, uh, from their system. He looked really good in the first half, and obviously in the second half where the Tigers gifted the game away, he got less ball, but he looked really good. Yeah, yeah, very, very dynamic for sure. Yeah. And last one, Udo Kamano, uh, 40. Not not a sell, not anything like that. Just a little bit concerning the fact that Peachy got 57 and Udo Kamano got uh, 50. So hold, but watch out because, you know, I'm hoping that basically uh, Madge gets more desperate and just starts playing his good guys for longer, basically. Yeah, that's what we were banking on with you two, Udo Kamano, in the preseason. He only picked up 51 minutes, so... 
we were sort of hoping 55, 60 minutes for him to really make some cash. Yeah, well, I'm hope I'm hoping that that translates as the season gets on, or if I imagine Tim, Sh- well, you know that Tim Sheens knows how to run a team, right? <laughs> he does, he does, he, and he knows how to play his forwards as well, Tim Sheens. So yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, he, he basically had the entire Australian side down at the Raiders back in the day. Oh mate, Bra- Bradley, he- Cry- Bradley Clyde, and all those fellas. Mitch, were you and I born for that, or? <laughs> Uh, 90, no. 91. No. no. 92, mate. There you go. So I'll put you this way. I'm a Panthers fan just because, you know, that's when, as a kid, you, you see Brandy running around. Uh, anyway, less said about that, the better. Uh, moving on, the storm. Uh, so, look, I'll just kick us off. Look, Welsh. Ooh, that's not great to see. But, look, Josh King. Is he by now that there's injuries in the team, Mitch? Now that there's injuries in the team, I'm still upset. Him? All right, I'm upset, that's, and I'm disappointed in you guys for talking me out of it. That's no, the, the public did. The public did. The, the, I got yeah, bullied. I got cyber bullied. I'm going to report it. I, I felt <laughs> like I got bullied out of it, dude. <laughs> if you got peer pressured into choosing someone in NRL fantasy, you've only got yourself to blame. So look, uh, is King Josh King a buy, guys? Uh, well, okay. I've got down here that I think he's still a bit of a casino sort of style player because there have been whispers that Tarek Sims could head down to Melbourne. So he doesn't have 100% job security. Certainly the next week or two he does, but there's something going on in, in that Dragons unit with Sims. And, you know, there's been talk of a calf and there's been whispers of uh, this possible move. It's not impossible that Sims could head down, head down to Melbourne. And he, he really fits that Melbourne build. A bit of late news on that. One of the NRL journalists came out and said that uh, Storm only have 100K, though, left this year. So if they were going to get Sims, yep. it would be like end of year, kind of like finals time or close to. <laughs> They do like a deal uh, with St. George where they eat up some of his, St. George eats some of the cap though. That's no, not impossible. St. George, St. George are doing the money ball too much. They won't They won't do that. Yeah. Oh, there you go. They don't want to. Like, why would you pay for Tarek Sims to leave? They're not idiots like the dogs well, I, I, were for a while I there. I feel so. like um, for whatever reason though, um, Hook does not like Tarek Sims. I don't know why. Um, but there you go. That, that changes that. So in that, in that case, Kings are by. Yeah. Certified boom. Uh, 100%. Okay. So if he if King sticks at around forty average, he's going to make another one hundred and sixty k. Uh, it's slow slow burn, but twenty k a week up to five hundred k is what. It I was is, just looking at his to. stacks. It was all base stacks, so thirty five tackles, uh, eighty four meters gained, and he sort of had one penalty conceded and one error. So you know, really solid sort of stats there. And if he could uh, get rid of those those errors, or maybe pick up a few more tackles, he's, he could be mid forties very very easily. Yeah. yeah, so we mentioned earlier, maybe not Blue Moore, but definitely Josh King, if you're looking around that price range for a mid. Yep, and I'm just trying to work out how to turn Valier at 229k into Josh King at the moment. And, you know, maybe if I try it Good five luck. more times, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> the, the game will let me do it. Send, it, send an email off to uh, NRL Fantasy. <laughs> That's it. Well, what's your cheat, Cooper? Anyway, <laughs> look, uh, Jerome Hughes was doing Jerome Hughes things, uh, 71. Look, he's a keeper half, but uh, you do have Munster back this week, so he'll drink a little bit more of that milkshake. Uh, Grant, Harry Grant, guys, how high are you in on him now that uh, Welsh is gone and Brendan Smith is missing a few weeks? Nick? Um, I can't fit him in my team, so no, I'm out. Fair enough, mate. But look, yeah. 
I would you, would you reckon he's, he is a buy for in general? Oh, he's a must. He's an absolute must if you can find the money. Absolute yeah. must. I, I regret not having him as my hold over pay, that's for sure. Oh, you didn't get Grant in the end. Nope. I held pay instead. Crack smoker. Anyway, moving on. Uh, yeah, it, it's hurting, man. It's been it's been a rough week. Yeah, and I must say, I feel pretty good with my team this week because I got uh, I did all right. But I just realised why why didn't I do so well? It's like oh wait, I had Harry Grant sitting on the bench, scoring me no points. So you still beat us Nuggets though. Oh, I did, I did, mate. But I was like, geez, only because I had Haas as captain. And I'm like, geez, where? Where do the rest of my points this week come from? I can't choose the better captain every week because you guys are copying me. So <laughs> the answer is is uh, Harry Grant, I think, should score me a stack of points from Hooker this week. Uh, I reckon he might get the, get what, 70? Maybe with um, uh, Wishart taking a few minutes off him. I hope he goes out with a concussion to stuff you up. <laughs> oh, mate, it is what it is. You can't. I, I'm through the point in fantasy about worrying about concussions and whatever else. Oh, you can't. Contact sport, we've said it before. Contact sport, you're going to get head knocks, deal with it, move Injuries, on. exactly, everything. Uh, look, uh, Nick, I know you were pretty happy with a certain half. Oh, Jerome Hughes, that is all. Absolute boss. He just grabbed the game by the balls and said, you're mine now. Anyway, so, yeah. How <laughs> I don't want to go to the psychology of that statement, Nick. So I'm going to move straight on. Mitch, what have you got? So really, what I was saying before, Josh King looked good, uh, and and now that I know that Sims can't help to Melbourne, he's an automatic buy. Harry Grant, as you said, minutes confirmed, and if you can find the cash and buy him, I wish I had it there because I would. Mm. All right, so. Uh, guys, we'll move on to the Sunday games. So Sunday was a bit of an interesting game. Like, oh, at, by this point in the weekend, I was like a full day and a half behind. A lot of my Saturday got eaten up by family stuff and work. Uh, so it's how working all the overtime to afford to uh, run this very expensive podcast we run here, all our futuristic tech. So, <laughs> but um, the um, so I only got to these games last night. So Eels versus Titans, 4 p.m. Uh, we got this one right, guys. Uh, Nick came very close to on the price. So I had the Eels with a big win, uh, but they ended up with the Eels winning 32 to 28, much closer than most of us thought. So Nick, you were the closest. Take us away, mate. You. Um, yeah, I thought iPappy looked great. And, um, you know, Russell looked great until his uh, ribs got annihilated by Jaden Campbell. So... Um yeah, personally, I'm not taking anything from this game from either side because it was an absolute joke of a game. Neither side wanted to play any defense, and it was just, I don't know. I don't. I literally don't think you could take anything from this game. Mm. Mitch? I feel exactly the same way. I thought Moses had a solid outing, but as you said in the past, he likes to beat up on lesser teams, and I'm not convinced by this eel side. I've been slagging a lot of... Uh, stuff on them throughout the preseason and I'll, I'll continue to until I see them put a better effort against the top team and uh, show us that they can actually defend. Fair enough. And guys, before, you know, after you hear this eel slander, 
please don't DM me direct, right? Like, okay, so it's Mitchell.Craig.Brown, right? Okay, go hit him up on Facebook for it. Don't come after me, okay? I'm not, not giving you the fact to this. Just, just <coughs> stop chasing me. <laughs> anyway, so look, the eels. Look. Are you copying much? Are you copying much criticism? Is, uh, is there much hate coming in? Oh, uh, look, uh, passion. There's a lot of passion out there for the eels. I think it's the further distance away you've been from a premiership, you know, the the more passion that you feel about, you know, maybe this year's the year, you know. It's like one of those uh, cults that keeps on getting like the end of the world wrong. It's like, no, seriously, it's this time. He just got the numbers wrong. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, man. This is not the year, Eels fan. Uh, I don't know why these NRL experts or or so-called experts are so on the Eels, but this is not the year. I'm, Mitchell. I'm pretty Craig. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, so, moving on. Look, yeah, for me, yeah, Isaiah Papali. As I said, they're like, guys, he he didn't look like he was scoring so great throughout the game, but he just tackled breaks, meters gained, tackles. He just, he is a motor, an elite level motor. So I'm, I feel like the Warriors really missed out there when they let this guy go, and I feel like the Eels did too. So the Tigers will look like a better team with him there next year. Uh, like Nine he- tackle breaks. Yeah, he's he's a big boy too. So he's he's not making tackle breaks like uh like Bird does, where he just kind of pushes a dude in the chest. It, like those are proper tackle breaks. So people get hurt by him breaking those tackles. Uh, look, uh, Marnie, uh, thirty six. So guys, it's a hold on him. I reckon. Like, how do you guys rate Marnie, Nick? Look, I was suspicious of him. Um, he had a huge start last year and he sort of drifted off and then obviously went down with his injuries. But um, I'm not sold and so I would not have recommended him to anyone. Um, he's, he was fully priced at the beginning of the season and I never like that. Um, when, you, when you're picking someone up that you don't see any upside. And he had a great season last year. So, yeah, he just wasn't a good price in my opinion. Yeah. But I guess if you got him now, guys, just I can hold on to him. Like green money, you can get out if you want. Oh, cut bait and move to Grant. I agree. Yeah, you could certainly do that, but money will nah, get 80 every it. week. That's nah, the that, difference. Nah, get, get, get Grant. If you got money, get Grant. I'm not sold by what I saw on the weekend from the Eels. Fair enough. Uh, look, Maddo actually picked up a um, what looks like a hammy injury. The late, very late news today. So uh, Maddo is out of the team this week. So, And he was a bit of concern because he um, was filling in for Nathan Brown uh, with a 39. And Sean Lane actually top scored this game with a 62. Sean Lane has found career form, hasn't he? Like Mitch, did you did you see a bit of Sean Lane in this game? I didn't watch huge amounts of this game. This was the only one I didn't watch the whole thing of. Uh, but I was just actually having a peek at his stats, and he had an absolute monster of a game. So, you know, Sean's looking good, and I just look at Ryan Madison's position and go, where does where does he fit in this team now? Like, is he on the outer? He certainly looks like he's likely to be a bench bench sort of play. You sort of have Lane, Puppy, and Brown as. Uh, 11, 12, 13. I could be wrong, but it's certainly looking that way. Mm. That's certainly of concern. Uh, Penasini was the last one for me. 32 points, almost no attacking stats at all. The ball just didn't get out his way. So, interestingly, that means is that he got very similar base stats to Targo and Crichton. So, no, no concern yet for Penasini. Uh, once he gets a Jags a try or a couple of line busts, he'll 
uh, he'll start to gain some cash. Uh, flipping to the other side, uh, let's start with you, Mitch. Which Titan did you choose to get into your team? Bo Fermo. Huh, Bo Fermo. How did Bo Fermo do? Disappointing. <laughs> Very disappointing. Looking to cash out, mate. Um, he was my, you know, last hope other than Matt Burton that I could overcome uh, a few of my head-to-head clashes. And I was just, you know, in the bits I saw, was not impressed. He is getting the red-hot boot out of my team. Um, if you got him, get rid of him. Ooh, okay. Get, get king. You know what? I'm, I'm disagreeing there. It was, it's a write-off game, mate. It was, it was like a score fest in the first half and nothing in the second half. It, that, honestly, and, just and write, that's, write that's it off. fair, but I think Katoa at exactly the same price point is a better pick. Like just uh, looking at the base stats. He, no, he, yeah, mm. yeah I, I agree. Katoa is more dynamic and maybe, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Katoa is the better player at the same price, and that's what I've done. So if anyone wants okay. to follow my lead, I've gone Thermal to Katoa. I should have Good done trade. that before. Um, I'll probably regret it, but that's what I'm doing. Ah, Good try. Nick, what Titan do you have in your team? Uh, uh, Aaron Clark, actually. I was very happy with him. Um, 45 in only 56 minutes. Um, so I'm st- stealing Stu's notes there, but. Um, I have gone the two cheap hooker, so I've got Randall and Clark, and I'm very happy with Clark's performance. Picked a bag to try, so yeah, I'm going to hold on to him. Yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about that. The 45 with a try, which really puts him into mid 30s, right? Mm. In 56 minutes, but we'll see. He could slow cash burn, I reckon, on Aaron Clark. So just as long as you know what you're in for. Uh, I was thinking 65 minutes when I was looking at the preseason projection, so I was disappointed to see 56. That's it. Um, the other side of it is David Feder, 51. Uh, he got 25 points on a single play. You know, if you haven't worked out, David Feder is one of those guys. If he has, it just depends on how many of those plays he gets a game. He'll get 25 base stats put worth of points. And he can crack 125 if he has four big plays and just bullies some people. And he might get none. So you might end up with maybe 30 points. So just be aware. But 51, it looked pretty good uh, for David Fafita in what was a scrappy game against, like, Parramatta, a pretty decent defensive team, right? Oh, not not, not in that game. Not, not in that game, but, like, generally. So Yeah, generally, yeah. And look, Sexton, I had Sexton, 45. Look, what I probably expected from a guy in his fifth NRL game. So That's what we expected, though, preseason when we when we did the run-through. Yeah. We, we thought mid-40s to high-40s. Well, look, I, I, I had him a little bit higher than that, so I'm hoping that he, um, he cracks that. And look, Will Smith, I think, drank a bit of his milkshake this week, but AJ Brimson is back at six. So I think that I think this week is that uh, Brimson will be running and I think that uh, Sexton will hopefully be drinking all of the base stat milkshakes. So, and if, and if you're wrong, you'll be crying that you didn't get Jake Clifford. If I'm wrong, I'll be crying that I didn't get Jake Clifford. Though against the Knights, I don't know with how many Knights that I want in my team. I've already got Mann and Randall. Uh, moving on. Last game of the week. Speaking of disappointment, uh, we were all... No. I was wrong this week. I was the only one. I decided that we'd pick a different side. So, of course, I picked the losing team, North Queensland, because the Bulldogs won six points to four. Controversially. 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 (laughs) Okay. So, six points to four. Mitch, thoughts on the Cowboys? Oh, gee. I think we're looking at 
the 2020 wooden spoon and they just found ways to lose uh probably the the bright spot for them was hammer i thought he had a couple of good moments in attack and spat out a nice 52 in a side that you know could only muster four four points i think that's a pretty good effort he still remains a risky proposition in a team uh that he's basically going to have to put on his back particularly with that halves pairing uh with that said though i thought he passed the eye test he looked really good north queensland though poop um uh todd payton has to be on the shortlist for first coach fight of the year he still doesn't know how to play tamalolo that's true that's true uh nick your thoughts on the cowboys yeah i I actually got a message i think um from jonty who said tamalolo to prop and to be honest i dismissed it until i think i was re-watching because i watched it on replay I see Tamalolo started prop. I'm like, oh crap, he's my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. So I was, uh, honestly, I was like, I don't know what Johnsy was talking about, but mate, you were right. I'm wrong. 51 minutes, he needs more minutes. Um, now I look good, passed the eye test. He banged out, oh, what did he bang out? 58 or something or 56. So yeah, he, he, he was really good. So he's a huge buy this week. I can see on 40 statistics, he's um, third hottest player in terms of change in ownership. So. Um, a lot of people will be jumping on that uh, train. Look, Nanai certainly looks like a great option. Uh, and yet for me, uh, Gilbert uh, went very big. Uh, jagged a try as well. They're only tie. But I think, guys, be careful. Gilbert went because James Snow Brown went with a knee injury and Tamalolo played less than expected. I wouldn't expect always those minutes for Gilbert. I know that uh, the guys from... Uh, uh, fantasy league uh, uh, the, the new stat site they were all over Gilbert but I'm not sure I see it there uh, and it is Todd Payton so I'm not sure that I see anything anywhere uh, it makes you doubt your own self uh, yeah 100% yeah don't uh, uh, there is talk about him uh, we think he's a trap yes that's it a- anything with the Cowboys this year apart from I would say uh, anyone who's a Love. former warrior right and Hammer. That's yep, it. Hammer. He's the only guy I would trust in that team. Uh, Tom Dearden did look all right. He had a number of attacks on the line. He played like a proper number six, not like a number seven. Chad did not play as well as I hope, but um, Dearden did play well. Uh, yeah, he was he was great. Great, great break. And um, he set up the try. So he, well, he burned on the inside. He burned Jack Hetherington. So, yeah, he, he looked pretty dynamic. Yes. So, look, Tom Dean, I think, is a quality player. I just, I'm not sure the Cowboys will get the best out of him. Then again, neither did the Broncos. <laughs> so, I'm not sure whether he's jumped out of the frying pan into the fire there. <laughs> Jeez, mate. The, you know, next next he'll be off to the Warriors for Brownie. Um, okay, guys, Bulldogs. Uh, look, Mitch. Yep. Actually, Actually, no. Sorry, Mitch. I, I'm reject. You had last one, mate. Nick, you get to go at this oh, one. Oh, come on. Mitch. Um, yeah, I'm sort of thinking um, they'll need to build the Bulldogs. They looked like they hadn't played together and looked like they hadn't trained together. I'm not sure what's happening, but all in all, yeah, most people have Burton. I think he's a hold um, despite the 39. So that's my take, uh, Mitch. Oh, mate, I think you guys have basically talked me off the ledge. I watched this whole game and I watched it sort of again or, or large chunks of it again. That Bulldogs attack looked absolutely awful. It was, It's a miracle they won this game. It was really down to just one really, really good bat on pass. Um, I believe it was from Naden to... Uh, that was um, excellent. 
was it Naden? I think it was. Um, it was yeah. yeah, that was that was the real moment because the rest of it didn't look particularly good, and uh, and Burton just didn't look like he could carry this team ever, uh, any harder. I thought Avarillo drank some of uh, Burton's milkshake as well, or more at least than I would have liked. And the other thing that really concerns me, and this was the game that I wanted to see, is I wanted Burton to score well. The Cowboys were a team that I really had them pegged as someone that they could at least get on top of and Burton could get off to a bit of a good start. And now after this this week, the schedule gets tough. Like I think they have Broncos this week who are not going to be an easy bit this year. And it's hard to see things improving for Burton output-wise. Like I'm really, really tempted to cut my losses. And probably the only reason I haven't is because Burton has only lost four Kalia values so far and there are just other priorities. But I'm very, very nervous um, after what I saw from the Bulldogs and from Burton. I'm just... I don't understand why Trent Barrett, who was brought in as an attacking coach, cannot get this team to click. Like, I know that they've got a lot of new moving pieces, but that's what he was brought there to do. And all I see is a Bulldogs team that is super starchy in defense. I would say that Josh Adokar uh, really added a bit of um, grunt to this team when they needed as far as his leadership. Uh, And I would say the same of Burton. But uh, very, very nervous about the Bulldogs moving forward. I think I put them in the top eight and I'd like to renege on that because I don't see that happening. Final thought was Max King continues to pass the eye test. I would say he did get a lot of extra minutes due to a slew of HIs um, and he might not be repeating this effort that he had sort of week to week. But I thought he looked really, really good. He was probably the only bright spot on a Bulldogs team that um, I found to be quite disappointing. Probably the other thought was um, Matt Dufty had some good moments in attack. I wish he had have um, been able to sort of poke his head through the line the amount of times he did for the dogs. He uh, still hey, doesn't matter. He almost lost in the, the game. The, he well, almost lost is, in the game under the high well, ball. Well, let me finish. He still can't defuse a bomb or make a tackle, but in attack, he's probably taken it up another gear. Uh, and, and I do think with the Bulldogs' defense, he probably won't be quite as badly exposed as he was with the Dragons. But any team that gets within forty, put up a bomb and get your tallest guy to run at Matt Dufty. Might pick up a try. Mm. Yeah. Look. Yeah, I, I would say just coming back to the Burton discussion. Uh, so having a look at him for this one. So he got a goal, right? 20 tackles, one tackle break, uh, and he kicked for 505 metres versus 91 for Avarillo, <laughs> which were almost all just like little attacking kicks or ones where Burton got tackled, you know, on tackle four or something, right? So 505 metres, which is, I think, second most for the round. So Those yeah, bombs were ludicrous. He has. He has a big boot on him. That's for sure. That's it. And look, he he got a lot of meteorage. A lot of the reason why they were so starchy is because he got them off to pretty good runs. Uh, and look, he also got ten points with the merits, a penalty, an error, and three missed tackles. So, I would say that that would you know he cuts two thirds of those out. He's back to a forty-five, and no attacking stats right apart from one tackle break. Yeah. The problem the problem is there might not be more of them to come like if you can't score points on this Cowboys team it's a problem. Mm. They suck. The Cowboys are stinky. Yeah, sorry they are. But um the yeah, I would say that the Bulldogs will be a team to build in like they've shared from what I can understand 13 to 14 players a year out of their top 30 squad for like a couple of years running. They've just been cycling through players trying to find the right combinations. So I think as the year progresses, they're looking happy with their combination. They've only got a couple of players due in next year, Sutton and um, Kikau and Marnie. 
which so. which are good buys. I think they're closer. And look, it's probably me just panicking because I have the heebie-jeebies about Burton. Um, but I, I I was hoping he'd take all the kick meters. To be honest, that that was the only thing he that did. was giving me. He didn't. He took five hundred out of not. He that Averley got ninety. I wanted all friggin' six hundred. I don't know. <laughs> oh, uh, that's that's ludicrous. Even Kieran mate. Ford didn't kick some. <laughs> so, uh, oh god. Look, if if Kieran Foran kicks, then yeah, you're gonna have to explain what happened there. Kieran Foran kicked for one hundred and thirty-seven. Right. Anyway, moving on. Uh, I'd also say yeah, Hetherington, 19 points in 70 minutes. Uh, guys, I'm hopefully, you know, you didn't get on him. I would wait until he just learns how to play on the edge. Uh, Luke Thompson, 58. He is the only guy that I would own in my fantasy or draft team, really, that I would really want in there. Uh apart from obviously Max King and Burton. So but Thompson is at full value. But still, good to see that he was pushing out his value. So, Nick, she stats this week, mate. Looking at that, who did you have as our she stats? Assuming the guys haven't seen our socials this week. So, we had uh, Dylan Edwards mentioned earlier at 344 running meters, uh, top of the week. Uh, he was an absolute stud. The other one was uh, Michaela Ravala with the three tries hat trick hero. Um, I know there's another hat trick that someone else scored. Oh, Sean Russell, I think, scored a first half hat trick, but. Sorry, I'd already put together the Ravalawa one, th- Ravalawa one first, so I wasn't uh, going to do another one for Sean Russell. And the other one was Peter Hiku, who he had 10 tackle busts, but that one of them got taken away from him, so he only had nine. So I'm actually going to retract that one. I'm thinking 10 is the benchmark for, t- for tackle bus to get a she. So those were the three from the week. Um, hopefully I'll get some more advanced ones as we go as I sort of scour the internet for some cooler stuff. Fair enough. Uh, sounds good. So, look, uh, we got the naughty corner, which is our uh, judiciary. So, look, there's nothing too bad this week. There are a couple of dangerous tackles. Uh, Trent Loreiro got a dangerous tackle. Uh, there are a couple more cannonball-style tackles, which will get reviewed, but nothing too serious out of those. Most interesting one was Jared Hayne and Nathan Brown going out for drinking and uh, getting a bit of verbal application. What is this? So uh, Jared Haynes out on bail for his third trial. Yeah. And he went out yeah. drinking with Nathan Brown. And apparently someone said something not quite too nice to Jared Hayne. And Nathan Brown and Jared Hayne decided to give him a gob full back. So wow. apparently no one got punched. But Man. yeah. I regret giving uh, Nathan Brown that bit of slander. <laughs> yeah, probably pro- probably not the best person to frustrate, especially because he's got a lot of time on his hands at the moment. He's not playing. So <laughs> he could be waiting. Anyway, moving on. Uh, let's look at this week's games. So we'll just run through these real quick. Uh, what I'll do is I'll, for the people at home, I'll run through, we'll just, rather than running through 1 to 17, because you guys can see it there, we'll just run through what we think the changes are and then crack on from there. Uh, discussion points so Thursday night kick us off we got the Storm versus the Rabbits which in previous years would be a good game this year not so much uh, 8pm at p.m. at Amy Park in Melbourne so for the first time in a what 12 months almost 9 months they've been down in Victoria so uh, for the Storm team uh, to replace George Jennings we have uh, Dean Aremia uh, we have Harry Grant back at Hooker. Uh, we have Nelson Asafa-Solomona uh, to replace Christian Welsh at Prop 
Interesting. So, Nick, your preseason predictions about Nelson. Uh, look, he could become real value here. Uh, There's a PPM stud, guys, over one uh, PPM. Mm. So let's let's keep it close on his minutes here, eh? Uh, we have Kenny Bromwich is back into the team. Uh, I th- was it? Je- oh no, I think it was Jesse who had COVID, wasn't it? Or close contact? Yeah, it was Jesse. Uh, yeah, Jesse. So Jesse's back. Um, we have Josh King back at thirteen, and Tyron Wishart, who is if you've got nowhere else to place your money and you need a guy who's dirt cheap, Tyron Wishart is starting fourteen. Um, how many minutes he gets, I do not know, but they're not that deep. Uh, we have Alec McDonald come in at onto the bench. Uh, the other interesting one, Nick Meany, completely out of the side after being starting half-back because Cam Munster is back from suspension. But Nick Meany, completely out of the side, not pushed to the wing. What do you guys think about that? Good for Paps because uh, he'll get the goal kicking back. Mm. Did you think that uh, Meany played that badly? No, no. He, he was great. I thought he was pretty solid, actually. Yeah, bit might of- be belly ache sending a message, just light a bit more of a fire up his bum. He's known for sort of wanting players to go that extra bit, and maybe he's just not seeing the desire out of meaning and send him to purgatory for a couple of weeks, and uh, he might find his way back on the wing. You know, sort of. Around they four, they must just see him as a spine player rather than a number two. You know, carting the ball up for some meters. You know, that's true. Nick Meany doesn't quite have the size for that. Um, no. So, look, uh, have a look at that team. And then on the other side, Latrell Mitchell is back at fullback. Pushes Alex Johnson to the wing, uh, which pushes uh, Josh Manasur right out of the 17. Uh, apart from that, the team is pretty much, well, exactly the same as last week. Ilias at seven, Walker at six. Guys, any thoughts here? I think that's uh, a big one, right? Because going down that right side, or that left side, rather, you've got that trio back of uh, Walker, Latrell, and Alex Johnson. I think they'll have a bit more punch and attack this week, right? That's it. And they'll be running out. If I know my sides at the Storm correctly, George Jennings was is on the right-hand side. So they'll yep. be running at the new new combination out there of uh, Dean and Aramaya. Rima Smith. Yep. Latrell might have a day out there, or Alex Johnson, or both. Mm. That's true. Uh, okay, so guys, score predicted on this one. Uh, decimated Storm versus the Rabbits with a little bit of reinforcements. Mitch, take us away. I'll go Storm by four. Okay, Storm. Okay, yep. Uh, Nick? Storm by 12. Woo! It's Bellyache's uh, 500th game. Is it? 500th, not 500th, 500th. <laughs> like I'm from Hobbit, you know. You know how he says, uh, 11th, 15th, something. <laughs> Lord of the Rings style. Uh, look, I kind of want to pick the rabbits, but I'm, I'm finding it really tough too after that performance last week and down in Melbourne, and you got Cam Munster back. So, look, I've... Uh, you know what? I've got the storm by sixteen. Yeah. I was going to put one, and then I thought, oh, you got Cam Munster back, who who's looking fit. Cary Grant back. Oh, he looks he looks so good. Like, oh he looks my like god, he could play fullback if if Paps went down. He does. I reckon he'd be a better fullback because well, he looks the so good for the first time, probably since he was about seven. 
Oh, Nick, put down that down for the slander. That's that's gonna get it. I don't think that is slander. I think you take that as a compliment, mate. Anyway, moving on. Uh, maybe not now. Maybe that's one of his twelve steps. Um, <laughs> okay. So look, we've we've all got the storm for the win here, from uh, small win to big win. Uh, next one, Friday night, Dragons versus Panthers, six pm at Cogra. Now the Boomer Bus team will be there watching this one, so yeah, for, uh, the big the big bear's birthday, Woo! big three zero for me. So um, hopefully the dragons can punch out a win. But the last time I went and watched them on my birthday, they lost. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, the last time that I saw the Panthers down at Cogra, ah, uh, true, this was in the days of uh, Matty Moylan and. Uh, a few of the other guys down there. The Dragons won, actually, round one. We gave you a, a serious touch-up. I think it was like 28-6 or something, wasn't it? It was. Was that the Russell Packer Dragons where we, yes. just, keep roll- we just kept rolling out big boys? Like yeah, Russell and Packer, we, 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 had J- and- we had JDB at sort of peak JDB sort of form. So yeah. um, that was that was the year they went on that, that run and probably could have made the prelim final against the Roosters. Um, yeah. They were pretty good that year. Yeah. It, it also didn't help that uh, Bryce Cartwright, they... Everyone worked out by that point. He hated to be tackled, so he always offloaded. So he turned the ball over like six times off offloads because obviously the Dragons are drilled. Just just be there in the offload spot off the right he hand. Sh- he should just play touch. He seriously. Or, or something. <laughs> he seriously, he's an Oz tag magnet. So he's back in the team this week, actually. But moving on. Uh, look, uh for this one, uh, because of the injury to Aaron Woods, we have Francis Molo join the starting side for the Dragons. George Burgess joins the bench for the first time. Tarek Sims is out of the side in jumper number 20. Jackson Ford is your uh, HIA reserve. Good luck. Um, versus on the Panthers team, uh, Spencer Lenu comes in uh, to the starting side. So, guys, that's an interesting one. Matt Eisenhuth June joins the bench. And I think it is, by the look of it, uh, Jermaine Salmon joins the... Uh, was he there last week? Yep, he was. Yeah, he he was came there. on. So it's just Matt Eisenhuth who's the only change there. So yep. who's joined there? Um, guys, thoughts about, I guess, any interest in Francis Molo, George Burgess? Mitch, from I physio point of view I, for Burgess? Um... I think you'll be. I said it during the cast. If he's going to have good weeks, it'll be rounds two through to seven or eight. So, if you're thinking about George, now's the time. But I personally won't be doing it. Mm. Oh, I, th- I don't think his performance will be impacted. And I thought he looked pretty good in the trials. Uh, as I said, he'll work his way in, which he's pretty well done. And then he's going to fall off a cliff as his match fitness drops down. He's had a year off, guys. Um, he's going to take probably another year to get to peak fitness. But remember, I think George Burgess is only 28, 29. So he, he's a young man, like. Um, he's not that far outside of that prime forward sort of age we talk about. He has had that. Mm. Um, okay, he's 30. He's nearly the same age as me. He's 30 in April. So he's 29. Like, he's not he's not an old man. Um, but, you know, I won't be getting him. There's just other priorities, and I don't think he's going to get the minutes. No, you get Joshy King for sure at that price. Um, and look, uh, next side, uh, Spencer Lenu. Guys, I know some people will be interested in him as well. Your thoughts? He's a PPM stud, yeah. Do we think he might get to that 40-minute mark we were hoping he would? Because we said at 40 minutes we'd, we'd jump on. And now with Leota out, that's not exactly impossible. That's very true. I'm just, I'm literally looking up right now how many has he got last week. Let me... 
Uh, he got 19 points in 23 minutes. So basically, if you doubled that, he scores 38 points. What I would say... He's got a career 0.97 PPM. And Leota had 40 minutes last week, or 39 to be exact. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a like-for-like, exact like-for-like option here. So, so yeah, you're looking at potentially somewhere between 35 and 40 points. Yeah. So Lenny or King Boys, what's the thinking? Oh, I think Lenny passes the eye test more than King does, right? Yeah. Well, look, uh, Spencer Lenny's priced at a 24, right? 24. Lenny know how to play more than 20 minutes. <laughs> That's my concern. That's why I'm I'm going to go King. I think yeah. he's a safer option. But Lenny knows how to bust a tackle too. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, look, tw- Lenny's 25 points and uh, value price there. If he gets 40 minutes, that puts him in about... 38 right mm-hmm. so that's positive territory and we know that that's an 8 to 10 week injury that's currently affecting Leota so minimum 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 8 to 10 so look do you want to hear my spicy take I kind of want them both so Ooh, that is like spicy oh like I like that so like you know two 300k guys right like you get on them like they've got a not shot so you do have a week though on Spencer Lanier's break even is 30 this week, right? That's I'm thinking I'll wait the week because there are other priorities yeah. and I kind of want to see it. Whereas uh, uh, if you had to choose, right? Max King first, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. In the middles. After that, Josh King, I'd say there. Then probably Bullimore and then Spencer Lanier just in terms of your priority list. If you've got the other three guys... You can you reckon it's nearly himself. too late on Bullimore, though, with um, Schuster looking to come back in the next four to five rounds? Well, all I can say is that if you're not on this week, there's no point be- not being on. Yeah, that's what I would say as well. But, like, you're either on this week or you don't You don't hop on because uh, you'll be burning two trades and you know it, so you've got to make your money. Um, but he did score 48, so his price rise will be pretty hard. Um, and we'll get to the Seagulls in a second. So, look, Spencer Linear, guys, is probably, would you say... Would you guys put a buy on him? Buy rating? Yep. Yep. Easy. Oh, no, no. Next week. Next week. Next week. Yeah, I, I'm picking him next week because I, I, I can't. I want Katoa and King, but he, he will, assuming he gets 40 minutes this week, he will almost definitely be on my team. Um, probably yeah. for. And that's that's the luxury of a crap first game is that you've got a little bit of time to look at good old Spencer. Um, and Matt, you know, and make sure that Matt Eisenhuth doesn't drink all that milkshake because Matt Eisenhuth. Like, the Panthers did pretty well with picking him up as a depth piece, right? Like, just, mm. he's he's not top flight NRL. He's not necessarily rep grade NRL, but he's decent, and he's just sitting there. So. Yep. Um, okay, moving on. Uh, who have we got to win this game? Nick. <sighs> it's my Michigo. birthday, mate. Come on. I've got to think. I've got to think. Michigo. I've got dragons by 30 for my 30. No, no, no. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Guys, I'm joking. Um, I think... Uh, no, no. I think they'll do it for me. I've got dragons by 10. I think, I, I think the game actually looked pretty good on... Uh, I know they had a bit of drop ball Jeez. on on uh, Saturday, but I think I reckon they're going to come to play. Okay. Nick? They're going to announce it's my birthday. It's going to yeah, be good. dragons by four. Okay, and I've got the Panthers plus 20. 
I'll put you this way. If, if I think you're early right, yeah. this year, right? If he would have said who's better, the Seagulls or the Dragons, right? You probably have the Seagulls. And they just lost by 22. So I'm being kind, I think, there. I, I, I'm, I am worried, but it's... I, I can't, I can't not tip them. No, 100%, mate. And, and to be honest with you, like the Panthers could have just played the perfect game. They might have a shocker this week. You never know. They kind of did. And, and not to um, re-litigate the um, uh, Thursday game, but the Seagulls just kept dropping the ball and built no pressure. Like, I think they just shot themselves in the foot. I know the Panthers were obviously fantastic. Like, I'm not taking anything away. But Manly did themselves no favours that whole game. No, but yeah. But they're 100% there, mate. The only issue is that the Panthers kind of built the skill out of a lot of teams' hands. But oh, the, to- the Dragons totally, but- have a big forwards pack. They, they got a good forward pack. They'll be less likely to be belted. I just feel like a team that's trying to do less like the Dragons might have a bit more luck against the Panthers and the Seagulls, who are probably being a bit too cute, is, is sort of what I'm thinking. 100%. So, look, we'll see there. Uh, it's good. We've got a bit of diversity on that one. Uh, let's move on to the late game. Uh, Roosters versus Seagulls, 8pm at the SCG. Possibly the worst ground to watch rugby league at Australia, except maybe Stadium Australia. And the actual field looks in terrible condition. Well, yeah, it's almost like they've had a whole season of frigging cricket there. Oh, mate, it just looks so trash and patchy. I I couldn't believe where it was. I thought it was like some reserve grade, and then, you know, you zoom out, and you're like, oh, it's bloody SCG, like terrible. And you're I think it's had a bit. I I, I don't think it coats well with the rain. Yeah. And it's a million miles away. You can't see the ball play. Like if you, oh, it's the bloody swans on it, probably. Oh, that's what it would have been. Anyway, so bloody it, AFL. It, <laughs> we don't talk those those acronyms here. Uh, looks, Roosters versus Eagles. Uh, Billy Smith is back, making it back from the HIA as is Billy. The same seventeen is named. So look, Billy Smith rides again. I've just moved into my emergencies and rolling on. Uh, no real other news for them. The other side, uh, Dylan Walker is back. Toletau Kula is out of the 17. Uh, Dylan Walker returning from that ankle or knee injury, whatever he picked up there, obviously wasn't too serious. Uh, guys, uh, any buys for you guys this week in this team? No buys, but Billy Smith's a hold. Nick? Yeah, I'm not mad, as I said before. I've kind of watched if you pick him up this week. Um, that said, Fletcher Baker, guys, I wrote him off preseason, and I actually, I think I told well, yeah, Brenton or someone like that, or someone, uh, not to get Fletcher Baker, just based on his previous, but he actually started for JWH uh, yeah. last week, and Fletcher Baker was a 220K sort of guy, and he actually made some good cash, so... Um, if you're feeling good about Fletcher Baker, I'm, I'm not mad if you pick him up at all. That's true. That's also Egan Butcher is injured, which I think is why Fletcher Baker has a start. So I would just be know that there's a limited lifespan to your Fletcher Baker days, most likely. Uh, I think Egan Butcher is more of an edge, though. Fletcher Baker is more of a mid, I think. You have to speak to someone who's, who's a full Roosters nah, fan to um, understand that, though. From my understanding, Nat Butcher's the edge in that family. Egan Butcher's the middle. Oh, okay. But look, I, from my understanding, Fletcher Baker would be uh, left or right out, but you do, I can't pick it. Uh, no, I agree. Anyway, so like, just just be aware, you can get him in. You will make money for a couple of weeks. Uh, guys, yeah. scores in this one, I'll go first, all right? Because this this is probably, if this was played last year, this would be game of the round, right? 
I think it will. Oh, I reckon the last probably is game of the round. Dragon's yeah. Panthers game of the round. That's quite possibly true, but like, like I'm saying, if this was played last year, like this mm, was yeah, a great I, game of the round. So, on, I feel like this is a little bit wasted because both these teams did not start well, and I reckon one of them won't be. Oh, I'm gonna say that the Seagulls pick up a little bit winner, and I'm gonna go Sea Eagles because the Seagulls did. Like they look better than the roosters did, so I've got seagulls. I'll go by ten. Uh, Nick, for roosters by four. Okay, and I've got Mitch? roosters by eight as well, mate. Okay, okay. So let's move on. Uh, next one, Saturday. Titans versus the Warriors, 3 p.m. AJ Brimson is back, which moves Will Smith to the 14 in the only significant changes here. Greg Marzu, the PPM beast, is filling in for Corey Thompson for a couple more weeks yet. Um, but otherwise, the team remains unchanged. Uh, sorry for the 6% of you so who have so so uh, Sifo Fafita. Uh, he's not playing this week. He's named at 24 so I think there's a significant number of auto-pick teams out there, guys. Um, so on the Warriors side, though, a lot of changes this week due to the number of injuries. So Reese Walsh is back from suspension uh, due to the injuries out on the edges there to Dallin Wateni, Zelezniak, and uh, Valia. We have Adam Pompey and Jesse Arthurs. So, uh, Nick, do you want to pull up the price on Adam Pompey over there? Yep, one sec. Easy. Uh, looking at the rest of the team, Chanel Harris-Tavita moves from fullback to six, Ash Taylor to seven, and Cody Nikarima, 18th man, completely kicked out of the 17. So that's huge. Pompey's 490, so I Ooh. wouldn't touch him as yeah. a winger. No, nah, if you can't crack a starting side and 490, yeah, worry. Um, Jesse Arthur's 291K, but Valia's back in three to four weeks. And Jesse Arthur's is the lone player. I think they'll try and develop Valia. Um, Matt Lodge is back in 11, which uh, he'll play big minutes by the look of it. Um, uh, ben Murdoch Masala is the guy who's actually pushed off the bench here. He's actually at 20. Uh, Bunty Alfoa back to the bench. So, uh, guys, thoughts about this? Ta- oh, hold on. There was one more on that. Kevin Proctor's still in the Titans at 17. Uh, Jared Wallace at 18. So, guys thoughts on this one here are there any buys for you in any of these changes uh not in my no, opinion no, no not in my opinion either i mean if if you're going to get toby sexton's now this now would be the time given brimson's back but i, I still think clifford over sexton so or ellie Katowicz. that's the only buy right oh yeah oh, yeah i've games. got ellie Katow. no quite right i i think ellie Katow is a buy um, I'm just going to do a sweet, straight swap from... Um, are both Forma and Eli Katoa, I think they're going to match up. Oh, no. Are they matching up or are they opposite sides? I think they're both left. No, Eli's a right and I think Bo's a left, isn't it? Yep, 100% because David Fafita plays on the right. So I, I, hope, I hope Bo plays well this week just to get it. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you, you're asking for trouble, mate. You're literally, you're literally gambling here. <laughs> Rolling the hard six. <laughs> I told you I should stick to physio, but I can't help it. Okay, so moving on. Uh, look, I can't see much for myself here. Do not buy Will Smith, guys. He, I know his break-even is ludicrously low, but he's back to 14 this week, which means he will eat some of the minutes for Aaron Clark. He's, a, he's a trap. 
yeah, he feels like a trap. Like unless something terrible happens to Aaron Clark, in which case we will see Tanner Boyd join the team more than likely anyway. So mm-hmm. uh, avoid and avoid AJ Brimson, right? He's a fullback who they're trying to run as a half because Jaden Campbell's too good to uh, too good to leave out of the team, and you can't play him anywhere else. He's too small. Uh, yeah, so, wait and see on AJ. Hundred percent. So guys, who's going to win on this one? Nick, take us away. I'm going to get Warriors by eight. Okay, uh, Mitch. Uh, sorry, I'm just think- I'm having a good thinking. Yeah, I've got Warriors by four. I think Reece- the addition of Reese Walsh will uh, just tip them over the edge. I think both teams are a bit stinky, but the Warriors seem a bit less stinky. And look, I'm going to go for the Titans plus 12 over here. I think that uh, missing SJ uh, over there, I think that the Titans will be the better side. Uh, so, look, another point of difference, though. It's me taking all the points of difference, which always makes me nervous. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I like to moneyball my predictions. Uh, so, <laughs> so <laughs> who's the odds on at Sportsbet? Uh, anyway, Saturday, Sharks versus Parramatta, uh, 5.30 at Shark Park. Uh, 1 to 17 for the Sharks from last week. No major changes there. Uh, and on the flip side, Eels have a McInnes few... in the 19, sorry, for the Sharks, which is interesting. Yeah, it shows he's almost ready to come back, I, th- I think, from injury. So maybe next week if he's at 19. Mm, that's going to be spicy. That will be spicy. That's going to mean a lot of changes. That's why I probably wasn't on Dale for New King because McInnes is mm. going to come back and drink all of the milkshake. Or maybe he won't, and maybe he'll just play his heart out even harder. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Either way, uh, Franklin Peely at 24, back from that injury. Apparently, he's supposed to be an absolute stud, but I don't see a way he finds a way into this team unless all the forwards and, and, happen. And Connor Tracy in the 20, so there could be the reshuffle with Matic Avalu and Ronaldo Mulatalo as well, potentially. Uh, to be honest with you, they could probably use a reshuffle after last week's bloody performance. That oh, everyone they apart- were trash. They were. They lost that team, that back four. Everyone apart from the yeah. Kennedy... Right, is probably yep. doing laps this week down at uh, Carabao <laughs> Pool. Extra, extra laps, boys. Um, anyway, next one, the Eels. Uh, they have a few changes due to injuries. So we have Walker Blake, Wonga Blake. Sorry, uh, is moved to the wing. Tom Opacek comes in at the centre spot. That's for poor Sean Russell and his minced uh, rib cage. Uh, we have Oregon Kafusi is actually at 13 because Madison has that hammy and Nathan Brown is still uh, is listed at 17 here. That could be a late change if Nathan Brown proves himself fully fit. But currently, I would not hop on Oregon Confuci. Bryce Cartwright also comes into the 17. Guys, any buyers in this team, these teams? Not at this Not point. Not me. No. no. <laughs> Particularly on the Sharks. There's so much uncertainty in the forward pack. I won't be touching anyone there. Mm. Uh, and and if you don't have players like Nico Hines, it's getting to the point where it's probably too late. Yeah. Well, Nico only just broke even, but now it's like a... Yeah. You, who, Is it really worth it? They're like, who are you shuffling out? You're probably trading another potential keeper. 100% or you're doing two trades to get the cash. So, yeah, you've probably done... Done your shot there. Yep, and look, uh, Wonga Blake's pretty fully priced. Tom Opacek, if he can't keep a, a center spot in this side, he's he's really struggling, right? 
So yep. I would avoid everyone here. Nathan Brown will likely start at 13, so Oregon Kafusi is right out for me. Uh, looking on uh, Saturday. Oh, no, hold on. No, we'll picks. Who, yeah, okay. Picks. Well, Nick, take us away. It's picks, picks. As Sharks by 14. Whoa. You know what? I'm doubling down. I think the Eels are stinky. And I'm, du- <laughs> I'm doubling down that the eels are stinky. I okay. I just don't like what I saw last week. W.Lord3 is the next one for all the paraphernalia. Uh, I no, love seriously. you. Seriously. I'm not, I'm not here. I, I, I've got to double down because I said they'd be stinky and I didn't like what I saw last week. And they're arrogant and they haven't won anything. And I, I just don't like this team. Yeah. Mitch, I, mate. I can't. I don't need to say anything. Nick said it all. I got sharks by twelve. Except you're not going to get them on your back. <laughs> okay. And look, I, I will have to go Parramatta just to stop the hate mail in my inbox. Uh, there you go. We go by Parramatta by fifty. Yeah, I was about to say, what's the largest <laughs> score we ever scored in a in an NRL game? Hundred eight nil or something? Nah. Uh, look, I'll go with. It'll be pretty tight when this one. I'll go Parramatta plus eight. So uh, yeah, Craig Fitzgibbon's actually a big inclusion this this week. Actually, yeah, that's true. I I was a big day out of Craig Fitzgibbon, but you can see the influence he's had on this team. I know you said the back, uh, you know, four of the back five weren't great, but when this Sharks team gets it together, they they're going to be they're going to be a little bit spicy. They've got quite the stable team too. Like they've just added quality, mm. like and stability because mm. having G. Dale Finucane and Cameron McInnes are going to be good ads. Like that team's now going to have some serious starch. Um, they're, they're going to be tough and just professional footballers. They, they've been known for a bit of thuggery in the day and they've cut a lot of the thugs. Uh, I like what I saw, actually, and I've been a big critic of the Sharks because of some of that, that thuggery that's been present on the team. We're just knucklehead players like Josh Dugan. Like, I like this Sharks team. Ah, add Josh Dugan to the list. Excellent. I think he's already on the list. <laughs> <laughs> he probably is. He's only playing NRL. I think he's on the list. Let That's me check. True. We just got to add Nathan Brown, I guess. Oh, no, he's already on there too. Jeez, mate, you're in trouble. If you keep on any thugs, what do, what are they known for? Thuggery. <laughs> All right. So, so let, let's keep it rolling before we uh, before we kill ourselves with time here. So Saturday night, the last game of the night. Uh, Cowboys versus Raiders 7.30. So James Tenor Brown is out with that hammy. That brings Jordan McLean in at prop. Uh, Cohen Hess uh, is the other starting prop. Tom Gilbert. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, Stu. Is there any point reading this team list if, um, you know, Todd Payton has just got to change it all, like, just before game time again? <laughs> Mate, who knows? I, I I just know that that I pay myself huge dollars each week to do this, so I may as well. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Tom Gilbert uh, is on, on the edge uh, opposite Nanai. Uh, Tal Malolo is predicted to start in the 13 this week, apparently, though who knows? He could be hooker this week. <laughs> You know what? He might make a good five eighth. I don't know. <laughs> center Val Holmes gets gets cut in Lolo at center. Um, that would be the worst. <laughs> Imagine the winger trying to stop that. Um, look, Lukey is actually right out. He's moved out to the bench. Jake Granville in at fourteen. Ruben Cotter at eighteen. And Mitchell Dunn is on the bench as well. So Ruben Cotter, we were quite high on in the preseason, but he can't even crack the 17. So Todd Payton, you know, is obviously smoking the, you know, you know whatever they put in vape pens that far up in Queensland. I don't know, cane toad. And so uh, this team's all over the place. 
for the Raiders, the COVID has hit Matt Frawley is in at seven for Brad Schneider, who I'm just going to keep. Uh, we've got Tom Starling starting at nine. Uh, and at 14, Adrian Trevelyan has joined in as the utility. So guys, looking at this, uh, any buyers or sells, I guess, for you in here? I don't have any Cowboys, so there's no buys or sells there. Not touching any Todd Payton players. And potentially Tom Starling as a buy. I won't be taking him. I think you make a really valid point, Stu, that if Ricky was going to stick with Starling, he would have done it on the on the on all the work he's done prior. I think he should be. He probably won't. Uh, and there's every chance that Hodgson will be back in two or three weeks, so he'd be super risky. And that's that's pretty well it. Now, pick up Nanai. He's a very good pickup if you can afford him. Mm. Um, if you want a solid pod, Hudson Young is your man. Um, in t- and Jason Tamalolo, I've got as a hold. So they're sort of the main ones for me. Yes, 100% for Tamalolo. Hold for this week. See what shakes out. He's not got a huge break even. He did, he did enough to not be... It's funny. Actually, so many teams underperformed last week that uh, you had to score underneath your regular break evens. You earned money. So... Uh, it wasn't the normal one of uh, like last season where even if you met your break even you lost cash so Tamalolo he's pretty safe uh, I'm having a look through the rest in there Tom Gilbert I feel like he's a bit of a trap it's really like a gut check for you as a player if you're going to drop money on Tom Gilbert but this is the last week to do it if you are uh, and Matt Frawley like don't pretend like he's anything other than sort of like an absolute risk because Ricky chose Brad Schneider. He didn't choose Matt Frawley. Having a look through the rest of the team, I can't really see much more apart from Sam Williams. Poor Sam Williams for the Raiders at 20. He was playing for them last year. He, he we We're onto what, their fourth, third or fourth halfback deep and he's still yeah. there. So he's mate, a toiler. He's a toiler. He, he's a good guy of the game. I feel bad for him. Yeah, Sam. So sorry, mate. Um, Xavier Savage at 18 so it means you probably won't be playing much Reggie's this week either uh, guys who do we have winning this one obviously you've got the Cowboys up but it's how much Mitch uh, Raiders by 14 okay uh, Nick you know what I'm going to take the Cowboys by 4 heresy I don't feel good about it but I'm doing it yeah and look I'll do having a look at this team they're still lacking a half look I, I'm, I'm pretty much with you I'll, I'll go with the Raiders plus 10 uh, if, they, I, if they had Jamal Fogarty I probably would have put him by 20 plus oh, yeah. 100% yeah totally agree with that 100% or, or even Brad Schneider playing but they're just they're, yep. they're so deep into their depth pool here and Tom Starling as well they've got Adam Trevelyan sorry Adrian Trevelyan playing right it's they're pretty yeah. deep into their depth pool for uh, halves and utilities it's, a, it's looking grim for the milk. Hmm. Uh, yeah, really. And who, who do they play next week? Hang on. The milk? Yeah. Uh, milk. They're versing Titans. Oh, they'll be all right. Yeah. Okay, so next one's uh, Knights versus Tigers, 4 p.m. McDonald Jones. Uh, 1 to 17 for the Knights. Why would you change a team which just tuned up the Chooks? Uh, pretty much nothing no changes at all to this team that I can see Lachlan Fitzgibbon's overcome that ankle injury uh, on the flip side uh, Tigers team they're back to five captains guys James Tarmo 
is back in the number eight. <laughs> <laughs> his post with, I think, the flight captains in that, ca- in that it, pre-season. <laughs> maybe they're, they've all got like, a, you know, rings and when they join their forces together, they they get Captain West or something like that to come out. Captain Tiger. <laughs> comes, and, comes out and fights for a new home ground. Uh, oh, good. Uh, so they've got James Tarmer back. That puts Adam Twall on the bench. Uh, sorry, Alex Twall, yeah, goes to the bench, which is a bit of a demotion for Alex Twall. He was a real... Uh, first line mainstay for a long time probably would be in a few teams too and Luke Garner is completely out which means guys I'm going to leave with this one stop what you're doing right now if you don't have Kelma Tuolagi in your team go find him add him in right he and Max King between those two should be the two players that you put in your team this week if you do not have them so because Billy Walters has issues, everyone has issues, but Tuilagi looks like he will be the starting edge for this t- Tigers team. Any disagreement from you boys on that? No, nope, well, 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 well said, Stu. Mm. Yeah, because look, Luke Garner, who was the starting, he's been pushed out entirely, which means Madge is happy, and that only happens like twice a year. So, <laughs> the, <laughs> oh, I'm not wrong, but. Um, <laughs> So, look, apart from that, uh, there's really, what are you guys' thoughts on any buyers or sells in the Knights or Tigers teams? Uh, let's start I'm just going to jump in. Yep. Uh, Ponga, Ponga, I've got a buy rating. Jake Clifford, I've got a buy rating. Yes. Um, just based oh, upon... Oh, my thunder. Oh, well, you've got to get in quick, mate. And uh, Kurt Mann, if you have him, he's definitely a hold. Uh, don't be disappointed with his performance. But that's the main ones. Oh, Chris Randall, if you don't have him. You're a nugget if you don't have them, so there's no help. There's no helping those who don't already have them. Yeah, yeah, that's to to be fair. You're right. The other guy you would get this week is Chris Randall. In fact, you put him ahead of Tuilagi because Tuilagi only got 38. Chris Randall got 59. So I reckon 59 is close to Chris Randall's floor. Like the man has had 70 points just in tackles before. Mm. Mm. And apparently, what have you got, Mitch? Mate, you you said everything I wanted to say for the Knights. Um, pound for pound, I love it. Uh, David Norfoloma looked good. I, I don't know if he's by potential, but he certainly looked back to the sort of form we saw in 2020. Uh, and then Tuolagi is the other obvious one. If you have Stefano, I think he's probably still a hold. I just wait to see how this Tigers team shakes out. He's certainly a big talent, and hopefully Madge gives him the minutes. Um, and Tyrone Peachy, now he's been moved to 14 in the starting team. He was really looking quite spicy, but... 57 if you last have, week off the bench, mate. I know. If, if you have him, you would just hold him and just see what happens. He's just that type of player. Um, I, I wouldn't go to the casino of him, but he's, he's an interesting pod, isn't he, really? like, yeah. um, you, you might dust a few te- unsuspecting teams with a player like Tyrone Peachy. That's true. The only issue is, is that looking there, Tyrone Peachy, if he plays middle, right, though obviously he's there as a utility too, you've got Twal, Musgrove, and Seafarth all in that team. They're all middles. So... Tyrone, he could always end up at friggin' wing or centre or something like that if something goes wrong. So, yeah, I, I'd be a little bit worried about the, the peach. Uh, and, yeah, Tuolagi, definitely, if you got if you already got Randall and you already got Max King, right, go and get Tuolagi right now. Uh, he's still cheap. So, uh, Tuolagi. Uh, is- Tuolagi. 
Tuilagi, Tuilagi, Tuilagi. Three twenty-seven. <laughs> I'd say thirty-eight's close to his floor as well. I think he'll be a sort of mid forty a week player. Hundred mm, percent. Uh, so guys who we got winning this one Knights versus Tigers uh, I'll start off and I'm reckoning this one will be close this is the toilet this. bowl this week I reckon <laughs> oh, the Knights did okay last week I reckon, I reckon we're waiting for the next game for that one but nah uh, I'm not excited to watch this uh, so I have look I've got the Knights uh, Knights plus 10 uh, Mitch I'm going to regret this, and I'm going to be upset next Tuesday when we're doing this cast. I'm going to get Tigers by two. Oh, look, it's certainly closer than I want it to be. Uh, and Nick? Knights by 18. Oh, wow, wow, we were. Plus 18. No, look, mate, you, they could they could run away with it, but I think there is a bit more starch to this team. I think the I think it. Effect. If, if the Knights do do that, though, I'll be taking them a bit more seriously week to week. Mm, 100%, especially because they're, um, you know, they're still a couple of plays short of the full contingent. Like, still got Daniel Saifidi to come back. You've still got a couple of wingers, like, because, you know, uh, Dom Young. Kendrick Lee. Fourth, yeah, is their fourth string winger. Um, so, yeah, interesting to see how they go. Um, last game of the weekend, guys at probably what I would call the second worst ground to watch uh, football out of Australia, uh, the uh, ANZ Stadium, which is now Accor Stadium, uh, basically the old Olympic Stadium, Bulldogs versus Broncos, 6 p.m. So, guys, news for this one. Bulldogs, Tavita Pangai Jr. is named back at 12th. They was named there last week. Apparently, uh, a couple of guys saw him eating a steak down at the local leagues the day before the game. Apparently, he didn't look like he had a tight hammy there, though. I'm not sure how much <laughs> stock I put in that sort of rumour. To be a pangai, I love you, bro. Don't come after me, I promise. Uh, Corey Waddell moves to the bench. Chris Patolo, uh, he had that bad out trade last week, but he's been pushed out of the team. Uh, that's the only changes there. On the other side, quite a few inclusions for the Broncos from their winning team last week. So Tessie Mew is back at fullback. Jermaine Asako is right out of the team uh, into number 23. That's a big drop. So Tessie Mew is back a week early. Um, Albert Kelly has won the race to number six jersey with Adam Reynolds back at number seven. So that puts our old mate Billy Walters back at number 17 as the bench utility. Uh, Jake Turpin is at nine with Kobe Hetherington at 15 which is interesting for Kobe because it looks like he's won that the other side of the utility role. Like he can do a little bit of hooker, a little bit of 13, a little bit of everything. Uh, and the rest is as normal. Guys, any buys or sells from this team? I'll let you go, Nick. Oh, look, I think it's... I've got Burton as a hold, mm-hmm. um, as we said earlier. Max King, obvious buy. We've been through that. Um, hold Billy Walters. I wouldn't. There's no need to sell him because if he makes a twenty, he's still making you cash. Or if he makes a fifteen, because his break even so low. His break even is um, minus four. He can not get on the field, and in fact, he's got to play one second to make money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he's definitely going to make some. Um, so there's no need to get rid of him. He's uh, get rid of him in a week or two if he stays on the bench. Um, you know what? I'm going to give Payne Haas a buy. I think he's a must-have for captain. So. 
Yeah, oh, actually, what do we think of Ryan James? Because this is such a light bench, or are we thinking Kobe, Kobe Hetherington is going to soak up some middle minutes? I am worried, but Ryan James, uh, there's only three more weeks left until uh, Flegler is back. Okay, good call. Don't touch Ryan James. So, look, 100%, if you ha- 100% if you have Ryan James, you can still hold on to him, and he will drink better this week for sure. Um, because it looks like this is closer to the side that, um, that they wanted to begin with. Uh, Mitch, any more thoughts? Uh, oh, have we got, sorry, have we got a TPJ revenge game on the cards? Good question, Mitch. Any thoughts on that? No. <laughs> no. There goes that. Okay. So. What have you got? Uh, real quickly, I mean, the obvious one we've spoken about him is Max King. Just beware, guys. Lots of big minute forwards in the Bulldogs team. And as I said, there were a couple of concussions, which I think gave Max King a lot of extra minutes. So and, uh, I won't expect... How him. many Mac minutes do you think Max King played last week, mate? I reckon he got 45, 50. Uh, is that right? No, he got thir- uh, under 40, mate. He got... Did he really? 100% he scored 56 points in 38 minutes. Jesus Christ. He is a workhorse and he did 40 tackle in 38 minutes. He did 40 tackles, one offload to hand, uh, one turnover tackle, 105 meters. No, no demerits. Jesus. It's the, well, I mean, he just carried them. Wow. That's no attacking stats. He's a must. You got to have him. No, we got to have him. stats. Nothing. That is always oh, ludicrous. One offload, offloads an attacking stat, I guess, uh, and a turn wow. tackle. But that's that's it. Wow. Imagine if you got 55, 60 minutes. Pain ass esque. Um, that's all I have to say. Max King's a buy. You guys have convinced me to hold Matt Burton. I think that's fairly sensible. And. Uh, as Nick said, Payne Haas, he's, he's the obvious captaincy choice for the next few weeks. Um, be an interesting game, this one. Yeah. And and just to put in perspective for the people at home, for Max King, his break-even is minus four. Uh, this week, if he gets 30 points, right, which is more reasonable for Max King, right, you'd be happy with a 30. He makes 36 grand this week alone, right? which is almost basically what he made last week. He made 41. So because he's got that rolling average moving, you benefit from the three-week rolling average propping up his score for the next couple of weeks. And he scores 30 the week after, he makes another 28 grand. So really, we're talking about banking there, like in what seems like a pretty space safe spot for him, is like 60, 70, 80, 100 grand, right? In short order on this guy. So, and if he picks out another 55, we're talking about 62 grand next week. So, just be aware. Uh, so, for me, apart from that, having a look at this team, there's not too many other buys. Billy Walters is definitely holds. Kobe, I guess if you've got Kobe in, how would you guys be feeling Kobe Hetherington this week? Badly. Yeah, it looks yeah, like I, Pat Carrigan's yeah, back. Yeah, with those minutes, I just don't see it really happening. Um, people were really hopeful that Carrigan would start at prop and Kobe would start at 13, but that doesn't appear to be the case. Yeah. Pal- Palacia actually looked pretty decent last week, like he, both fantasy-wise and player-wise. So, yeah, he, didn't, he didn't take a step back, that's for sure, against a, a monster pack um, from South. So, yeah, he was awesome. He was. He's, I think the Broncos, they've got sort of got that... Um, that nursery kind of like the Panthers do where they can just kind of pick and choose the good young fellas. So 
even if they don't keep them all, they'll at least keep a few good ones, right? So you always got to be careful. Uh, Panguy Jr., if you somehow you've still got him and you didn't trade him out because you didn't see him in time, just hold on to him this week, see how he goes. Um, we haven't really seen enough of Panguy to get a full idea. So, But if you're taking the gamble, like, is there any benefit to selling this week? I don't think so. I, I reckon no. give it a week. Um, 100%. All right, so guys, uh, score on this one. So I'll go first, and I've got the, I've got the Broncos. Oh, just I've got the Broncos by eight. Um, so Mitch, I really thought thought felt like uh, Kurt Capel added a lot of starch to this Brisbane team, uh, along with Payne Haas, and the defence was a lot better. So I think you got to go Broncos by four. Uh, if they didn't have if they didn't have Capel, I probably would have taken the dog, sir. Interesting. I, I, I really I really like Capel. I think he's a serious player. Oh, he he really is. He he and Reynolds, like I think that there's sort of some of the additions. I think really one of those uh, few transplant type of players who will perform really well. Uh, Nick. Yeah, Broncos by fourteen. Whoa. Are you just being spicy here because uh, someone's got to be spicy? No, the, I think the Broncos left a lot of points on the table last week, if I'm honest. Um, Cobbo and um, Staggs uh, looked very dangerous down the right-hand side, and I think they definitely left some on the table. They looked good, didn't they? They looked very good. Very dangerous. Yeah, 100%. Cobbo's, Cobbo's a future player. So, guys, uh, I guess we're coming to that To The Moon segment. So... Uh, Obviously, look, the posts have been out on this, but if you guys haven't seen it, the big ones for us, especially after we've seen Teamers Tuesday. So Targo scored a 61 last week. Uh, Stephen Crichton, they're both dual position players, so it's they're great to get on it, even as just as coverage for your team. Max King with a minus four break even. Uh, Schneider is out with COVID this week, so you can just wait. Uh, second tier, you look, there are a couple of guys like Bullimore. Those got a limited lifespan. Uh... Liam Martin scored 24 over his break-even. He'll make some cash over the next few weeks. He's still only priced sort of low 500,000s for what looks to be like a quality long-minute edge. And Dylan Edwards, 55 points, so 15 over his break-even. He's low 500s as well. So if you're looking to shore up that middle section of your team, you know, maybe you weren't thrilled with Coates this week, uh, you, you know, you could always pick up Dylan Edwards. Uh, and the break-evens this week, really quickly, Billy Walters is on minus four, along with Max King. That means is that as long as they score any points at all, they'll make money. Uh, Brad Schneider isn't playing, so don't worry about him. Targo is on five points. Uh, his break-even is five. Will Smith is six, but avoid him. He's a trap. Dom Young is eight, and Chris Randall is eight. Get on Chris Randall. Uh, also, Jer- Jeremiah Nanai at nine. That's probably the only one I mentioned. Yes, 100%. So Nanai is a great pick there. He just fell outside, I think, the stats range, but perfect. Um, perfect one to put in. Uh, Sean Russell would be in there, but unfortunately he's out for four weeks. So uh, next one is, let's look at the pods. So Nick, take us through the um, point of difference uh, players that people could look at this week for their teams. 
So my pick of pods this week, guys, is Dylan Edwards. So he really returned to um, his 2020, I think, form. Uh, looked really sharp, really fast. 2.86 ownership. He scored 59 points. So if you're not convinced by Teddy or Paps, I, I think we sort of discovered Ponga may be the way to go. Uh, picking up Dylan Edwards may be a good go. He's 521K, so you can save a bit of cash. And his break even is uh, 28. So it's not... Um, outrageously low, but pretty good. Uh, we can sort of see him score in the mid-40s, I think. Uh, perhaps even in 50s for the season. Wow. Okay. So that, that's... What have you got? Uh, look, I've got uh, Eli Katoa. So he's at 2.35% ownership. Uh, look, I really should have let Mitch have this one, but I, I read him down. 59 points last week. So look, I'm going to try and get him in this week. So I've also want to get on, you know, King and... Uh, Clifford as well so we'll see how that one works out um, whether I can magically somehow get three trades this week maybe I will send an email off uh, Mitch anyone else pick out there none for me Eli Katoa is really the one that I'm going to try and bag but I don't think I'll be alone on that he might not be a POD by the end of this week mm, 100% uh, the only other ones that I did put out there look Tom Gilbert is very much a risk at 0.65% ownership Um I was going to say Risk Cascottage is due back, but apparently he's 18th man. Uh, so really, if you guys are prepared for a punt, he could be the Isaiah Papali this week, as Butters wants to say. But, um, you know, I've, I'm i not seeing it. But it, look, he's he scored 68 points. You can't look much past that. And Jake Clifford, um, who I really do want to try getting in, 63 points. It looks like... Uh, Joey has done a really good job down at the Knights as far as really I don't know whether you guys noticed that their attack looked much more open this week like mm. less less um you know less worried about hey then what are we going to do oh it's just Pong out the back what, what can he make happen they seem to what play what was down in front of them mm, mm. yeah they, they, they play with more energy and I think uh, Kurt Mann was a huge um influence on just you know moving the ball right 100 percent being that link between the two sides i think i'll be honest with you from every time i hear joey he really loves isaiah yo he's probably half the reason why he's starting 13 for new south wales mm. and that's what isaiah yo does best is a the way that he runs to set up plays but b then that ball movement so i'm guessing he's probably trained kurt ban who's got those halfback skills great call Mm. All right, so uh, guys, uh, we've already thrown out we've thrown out the bad performances this weekend. We've been through them all: Turbo, Brian Toto, who just you know got unlucky, Billy Smith, Cody Walker, and Andrew McCullough. Um, captaincy this week. Uh, let's go with Mitch. Who's your captain this week, mate? Uh, given he's playing the Bulldogs, and he might bag some attacking stats, uh, or hopefully he will. I got Payne Haas. Uh, I need to take a nice, safe option after risking the biscuit with Angus Crichton last week and getting done across all the head-to-head leagues. I'll be going Payne Haas, and I'll probably be doing that until Nathan Cleary comes back. Hmm. Okay, so once once burnt, twice shy. Uh, Nick, mate, you went with... Who'd you go with last week? Oh, Teddy. So, mate, after after the week of riding the lightning with Teddy, what are you going to be doing this week? Uh, so, all, all reliable. Payne Haas uh, going to give him a big cuddle this week and give him the C armband. So, 
We'll make the graphic nice and easy this week. I'll just roll out the same one, I guess. Uh, Stu, what are you thinking? Mate, look, I, I'm pretty certain uh, for Payne Haas as well for me. Uh, I would say that if for some reason you didn't pick him up, you need picked up some other guys. Um, the other safe ones, assuming you have them out there at all, Isaiah Papali'i. Uh, looks like his floor is somewhere in the low, low uh, mid-50s somewhere. He's uh, insane. Uh, he's just so good. He just, he's got that absolute, there's no chill. It's just hurting people like game. Uh, look, I've also got, uh, so if you really want to take it, look, Chris Randall, strangely enough, would actually be an okay captaincy option. His ceiling is probably somewhere in the 60s, but he's pretty safe uh, against the West Tigers, um, assuming that they don't get tuned up and he doesn't get a chance to make any tackles. Uh can you guys think of any other captaincy options you'd be happy to recommend this week if people don't have Payne Haas? Yeah, Payne Haas. <laughs> it's like, you know, potentially, I don't know, if you if you don't have Payne Haas, but I don't know. No, not really. I think Payne Haas is the only one I'm actually going to recommend this week. That's true. Uh, I'm, I'm having a look around. Yeah, there's, there's not too many which stand out with me. Because Hughes... Hughes is uh, Melbourne's first in South Sydney, so I wouldn't say Jerome Hughes necessarily in Munster's back. So, um, and then the other one, DCE, they're versing the Roosters, so I wouldn't necessarily recommend Look, that either. DCE would probably be safe enough because if they're doing badly, he'll get plenty of kick meters, and it looks mm. like. But um, and look, Turbo versus the Roosters, I guess we'll find out. So they'll shut him down. They'll, they'll shut him down, but I must say the defense did not look. It's not like they they were looking the same. Oh, it was porous, wasn't it? Yeah. I think they'll be a different team this week. You hope so. Um, Bloody hope so, yeah. Well, I do I, hope so. Well, I, yeah, I was going to say normally I wouldn't, but I've got three friggin' roosters, so yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> you, better be, you might be better off with Jake Trubojevic as your captain than Tom this week. I certainly think the year it's going to be, as we predicted, the year of the middle, like, you know, last year, it was the half wing and fullback. I think plotters are going to do better with the style of footy we're seeing over the first week, so... That's why I'm going to go Haas and not, not break from it until I see any reason to get rid of that, that sort of line of thinking. Makes sense. Okay, guys, I've also, I'll chuck out, I'll put a chuck a star on it out this week uh, for some guys. Um, any thoughts on some guys that uh, you're keeping an eye on for, you know, maybe they, they didn't perform too well, but you're just waiting for that to start to turn around, pick them up a bit cheaper. Mitch, yep. anyone? It's an obvious one for me, Turbo Tom. I'll let him get through this difficult part of the schedule. Hopefully he drops a bit of cash, and and if he does, I'll I'll trade out someone and uh, flick him in. He's a class player. He's going to come good. I just think he's going to struggle against good teams. Hmm. No, good good point there. Uh, Nick, anyone else for you? Jesse Ramian. I have a lot of fair with Jesse Ramian as a Tucker Busters try scorer. He's got huge talent, and he did poop in the first week. I think he put down a 15, so I'm going to pick him up when he's cheap, I think. Although, can I fit any more centers in my team? Probably not. Uh. <laughs> so, yeah, same with I've got Katani Stags here, but he scored a 20, but I'm like, do I need any more centers? I've got the eight Kentago. Yeah, quite. Right. Uh, anyway, we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, I've also got uh, Luciano Leilua. He got that cannonball tackle. Uh, so oh. he was down a bit. He, he looked very cranky about that. Uh Gave the hard word, but he scored a 26, but he's a near keeper level edge. So just watch for him to drop, because he will drop quite quickly with that 26. Luke mm. Keary as well. I think he's got the fourth highest break even in the league with that 29. And the last one I'd probably put out there, just one thing, uh, Clint Gutherson. He's he's a, probably a top five wing fullback. He got a 15. 
and which is a really poor score and so just keep a watch on that and uh teddy uh what did teddy get in the end guys he got a 32 32 so look he's got to break him in a 72 this week so he's likely to shed some more cash unless he goes absolutely like all out against manly so he you could pick him up for about 600k in a few weeks or sub 600k depending on how badly he goes uh with his warm-up into the season I did this last season too but at least I guess I start at 695 not 800 uh, so <laughs> I did it to myself. I was thinking I'm not doing that this year and then everyone did it. So I did it and now I'm regretting it again. Um, moving on, guys. Any last thoughts for this week for you guys? Uh, let's start with Mitch. Any parting thoughts for a fantasy? Uh, no more parting thoughts as far as fantasy. Still looking for a sponsor, guys. So if anyone wants to pay us to talk footy for two and a half hours, happy to take your money. Um, and always looking forward to uh, hearing feedback, whether it be positive or negative, because we like to improve. And uh, hopefully this week will be a better week and St. George get up on my birthday. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, Nick, any thoughts from you? I am um, uh, trust your research, guys. You know, if you put in a lot of effort in the preseason, you know, stick to it. You did the research. If you didn't, then uh, make some trades because you're probably uh, panicking. But... Um, you know, if you're worried about, you know, Elias or, you know, any of those kind of guys, just you know, give it, you know, two or three games and then make a more sound decision because you don't want to burn trades at this at this stage of the season moving sideways. So um, unless it's a catastrophic move, I would just, you know, take a chill pill and um, just enjoy enjoy the round of footy. 100%. Uh, yeah, totally. Just... Uh... And you know what? If you can get away, my last thought would be, if you can get away with one trade this week, even banking a trade this early, if you're pretty happy with your team, you know you know you're going to hold on to Schneider and Walters for another week, whatever else, uh, then bank a trade. So because they, we've got a long season, and COVID and other things like that are coming for us all. So and sometimes it won't be Schneider; it'll be, uh, you know, Pappenhausen or Tedesco or something like that. So you got you got to really watch out. So yeah, bank your trades. Uh, so look, I guess at the end of all that, Nick, have you been taking your timestamps tonight? Mate, I uh, I dropped the ball very early on, and no. Excellent. So you can listen, <laughs> listen to the whole podcast again, get those through. <laughs> But anyway, look, thank you for listening to us all tonight, guys. Uh, thank you for all you long format listeners out there. Uh, we do it because we love the game and look, doing things half assed I don't know that's not really in our nature, like in footy about everything else it is. And so, so thanks for listening to us and we will catch you all soon. Uh, Quick, quick, quick shout out to my nephew, Leo. He listens to the pod. He's, I think, seven years old. So shout out to Leo. Mate, Leo, if uh, if you still listen to this, mate, very well done. So, mate, but you probably need to get to bed. <laughs> get late. him some starbursts. If he's listening to the whole thing, he deserves some Ukrainian starbursts. <laughs> that's that's true. Might stun his growth, though. <laughs> anyway, all good. So, uh Thank you, thank you guys for uh, for joining me tonight, and thank you to all our loyal listeners at home. Catch you soon. Good night, everyone.